0: trying to be me, trying to be
1: free, but Chicago, I love thee, I love thee, you help me be free,
2: trying to be free,
1: show me the way out, Baltimore
2: without
3: the the door, Baltimore without the door,
1: across the sea, I suppose they're free, I suppose they're free, outside of this place, known as Chicago. Me, Chicago?
4: have you heard of the pullman porters they were black men who worked as attendants on the luxury sleeper cars of trains helping passengers with luggage shining shoes and making beds they unionized in the early 1900s and they're credited with creating the black middle class lynn hughes who holds a phd and goes by dr hughes has made it her life's work to honor their legacy and their place in the labor movement. She created a museum in North Pullman on the far south side of Chicago to highlight their contributions. Now she wants to add a major expansion that will include a library, another museum focused on women, and a community development component. The founder of the National A. Philip Randolph Pullman Porter Museum is here to tell us more. Dr. Hughes, welcome to the show. Well,
5: thank you for inviting me. I'm honored to be here.
4: I understand that you went on a tour in Pullman when you first moved here, and that sparked your interest in this history. What was it about that experience that stuck with you?
5: (laughs) Well, there was a docent there who was sharing information about Pullman. Well, he was almost at the end, and I raised my hand in the group, and I said, excuse me, can you tell me what role African-Americans played in the Pullman store? Because I didn't hear anything. Yeah. Well, there was a hush that went over the room like I stole something. I thought, oh, dear. What did I do? And so what seemed like an eternity, he came back with a response and said, I believe they worked on the trains. So I thought it was odd. I thought he was going to give me more information, but he did not. And so I had one of those embarrassing, awkward conversations with myself and said, shut up and go to the library. And I did. I went to the library. It was a Chicago Public Library located in what is the Wendell Smith Elementary School. And I asked the librarian, what did she give me that I could read that would tell me about the African-American presence in Pullman? She searched and came back with two books. I thought they were children's books because the page volume was so thin. Well, I chose the one with the best pictures, full disclosure. <laughs> it was the most attractive. I took the book and went home to my little High Park apartment and read the book cover to cover. And when I finished, I found myself weeping.
4: Oh, boy.
6: It was
5: very, very, very odd for me because I'm I'm not that woman. I don't cry like that. But it touched me in a way, it really changed the trajectory of my life. And I wound up thinking, why isn't there a museum or why aren't they included in the story that is told to tourists who come? People like me. Mm-hmm. And so I just... It was a seed that was planted that wouldn't go away. I I wound up. I woke up and I heard myself say, "I'm going to create a museum," and that is literally how it happened. I knew nothing about museums. No one in my family. Wow, was the that's Pullman incredible. Porter. I never knew one.
4: So, as I mentioned, the, the Pullman porters are credited with creating the foundation of the black middle class. How did that manifest in Chicago?
5: So there was a gentleman who was a Pullman porter who lived in Bronzeville. His name was Milton Webster. They had heard about a guy who was a magazine publisher in New York City who wrote about them. He was a labor organizer, but he was also a magazine publisher. So they they put together a delegation, and they went to New York and asked him if he would helped them start a union. And as they say, the rest is history. His name was A. Philip Randolph. Mm -hmm. It was a collective. There would not have been a discussion about Pullman Porter's word not for A. Philip Randolph because he gave them a strong sense of manhood, fair treatment, respect and dignity for themselves. And in so doing, they made a shift in how they presented themselves on the trains, how they carried themselves. Mm-hmm. And they began to make a lot more money than they were making. And so when when they finished their trips and went home, and this was across the board, it wasn't an isolated incident. You ever see the pictures when you see a, a magazine, old magazines, where you have a doctor and he has this little black bag? Yes. Well, that Pullman Porters had a bag like that. And when they went home, they literally went home with a bag full of money. And so Pullman Porters were the only ones in the black community who, they were the ones who owned property and had businesses. Their children went to college. They insisted on it because they're on their job, on the train. They gained so much knowledge and they understood the importance of education. Right. And so their their their, way, their style of living changed because they had the means. And that is how it okay. began to build here in Chicago. Interesting.
4: You know, North and South Pullman differ in levels of wealth and tourism and, and also national attention. But the plan that you recently unveiled, it aims to change that. Can you tell us how?
5: Yes. Well, the museum, we're 27 years old, by the way. And so we are engulfed in the tourism because people from all over the world come to that little museum because they know of the story, not enough, but they wanted to know more. And so we literally have over the years have garnered an international uh, uh audience. But Purposely, the museum is located where it is because I thought by creating a museum, a cultural institution, it would ch- help to change the physical appearance of the community and also the mindset of the people in the community. Because African-American in the community, it the North End is 96% African-American. And so they felt no connection to the History that was taught to or touted to tourists. Okay, and so one of the things that I thought that we could do was use the museum to change that, and it did to a degree. Because to just to be honest, when people tour Pullman or come to Chicago to visit Pullman, they always make it a point to stop at our place, and that is what strengthened the idea. If we just had money and investors to come into the North End and do what we envisioned could happen, it would literally change. Mm-hmm. And so I, I had no idea it was gonna take this long. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but it did. But here we are. But, yes. And so so I we've planted seeds and so we we thought the the notion or the the ideology of cultural economic development was the key because the history is already there,
7: mm-hmm.
5: and so you take advantage of what you have, but no one thought enough about the North End to make that to invest the time and the vision and the money,
4: yeah,
5: and so we we are ready to break ground and start in this spring with the expansion of the museum
1: mm-hmm.
5: um, going down the block. Number one, it's going to, the street is going to be re- renamed Randolph's Way. On the street, there will be Pullman Porter's Row. And in Pullman Porter's Row, there will be the Brotherhood of Sleeping Car Porters' Ladies Auxiliary History Museum, the Jesse Wright Labor Research Museum, mm-hmm. and Of course, the National A. Philip Randolph Pullman Portal Museum will be the anchor, but there's so much. Nice. It's going to be, it's going to literally transform the area. But the most important thing is that unlike the normal behavior of developers, they come in and they work on the buildings and then they leave. What we have in mind, and we've been working very hard to to form collaborations with investors and organized labor to work with us, to train those people who want to work. They will be able to work because organized labor has agreed to work with us to yeah. train people. And so you will have apprentices and you have people trained in construction. you have people trained in security. You'll have people trained in hospitality. And so it literally is going to be a black labor history district.
4: Sounds amazing. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. If you're just tuning in, we're talking with Dr. Lynn Hughes, founder of the National A. Philip Randolph Pullman Porter Museum. It highlights the history of the black men who worked as porters in luxury sleeping cars on trains. And she's filling us in on an expansion. That was recently unveiled, um, as you just mentioned, and one of the elements of the proposed expansion, which is something that I'm really excited about. That's that the museum is dedicated to the women, right? The wives and family members of Porters who yeah. are pivotal in, in helping organize yes. the union. It's going to be named after you.
5: Tell us more well, about that. Well, That was a surprise to me. I, I've been working on <laughs> all of the aspects of it. But that was—they did an excellent job keeping that from me. I knew <laughs> nothing about it until the day the press announcement wow. about the expansion. How does I that feel? Af- I almost fell off the chair. <laughs>
4: <laughs> wow, I can imagine.
5: It was, but it's heartwarming because we have always made it a point to in how should I say wrap the women's participation in that movement. In our interpretation of the story, there were an integral part to it because they, because of the practice of the Pullman Company to fire men when they were trying to start a union, they had families that had become accustomed to a, a certain style of life and they didn't want to lose that. So the women created the women's auxiliary. And so they then had the proxy of their husbands or sons or their fathers, whatever that capacity may have been. And they would conduct business and they would hold meetings and elections and all of those things. And so when the Pullman Company would confront them and say that I heard that you were at a a labor rally or a labor meeting, and the Pullman Porter could say, well, you can check my time card yeah. because I was working. And so that made all the difference in the world. They raised money and did all the things that helped to elevate that union to the place it ended up being and why we're having this conversation about them today. Yeah.
4: So for for those listening, where can they learn more information they can go to Pullman com. That is Dr. Lynn Hughes, founder of the National A. Philip Randolph
8: Pullman Porter Museum. When there's a huge line at your local coffee shop, because maybe they're short-staffed, It can be annoying. Our next guest argues that for his industry, staff shortages are more than an annoyance. They can be life-threatening. Christopher White is CEO of Road to Responsibility. That is a Massachusetts company that provides care and services for adults with disabilities. They are struggling to find workers because they can't match the starting wage being offered by other businesses, businesses like Target, say, or Bank of America. Christopher White, welcome to All Things Considered.
1: Thanks for having me, Mary Louise.
8: Um, just in a sentence or two, would you tell me a little bit more about the people you are serving? Who, who comes to a company like Road to Responsibility?
1: So sure. we serve adults with intellectual and developmental disabilities, including autism and acquired brain injuries. They are as young as twenty-two, and our oldest person that we support is, I believe, ninety-seven.
8: Oh, okay. So quite a range. And when you say you're short-staffed, how short-staffed? What's the gap?
1: Uh, we have 260 vacant positions right now, wow. which represents about 27% of our total workforce.
8: What is your understanding of why? Why can't you hire oh,
1: these people? It's, to keep it really simple, there's three big factors. There's uh, demographics that COVID drove a lot of boomers to retire a lot sooner than was predicted. Mm. A vast immigrant population has for many years been a Band-Aid for human service staffing woes uh, that's really no longer available. And the big one, though, is just the pay rates. The employment market has changed radically in the I guess we're in a sort of post-COVID world right now.
8: Yeah, the transitioning out of COVID world. Yeah. Yeah. How big is the gap? I said you can't match wages being offered elsewhere.
1: The state contracts we have will support entry-level wages of between $15 an hour and $16.79 an hour for our direct care staff. We increased that rate using one-time dollars this year to $17 an hour. And thankfully, that plus generous recruitment and retention bonuses stopped the hemorrhaging of staff leaving the workforce, but it hasn't really allowed us to gain any ground. Uh, Whereas people can go down the street and work for Dunkin' Donuts for $18 an hour, we can't compete with it.
8: What does it mean to be trying to run a company and have 27% fewer staff than you need to be fully staffed? What are the consequences of that? Like, what isn't getting done?
1: Well, we're getting things done, but quality isn't what it was, and people are exhausted. You know, I've got staff who are routinely working 100 hours a week.
8: 100 hours a week? Yep. Routinely?
1: routinely you know so when people are working that much and are tired mistakes get made and again we're not alone this is happening everywhere
8: it sounds like you're dealing with a really vulnerable population and what you're saying is uh, there there are delays in their in their care and their treatments that they need
1: Yeah. And for many people, it means they're not getting services at all. People that were participating in our day services, either employment or a therapeutic day service for people who are more medically compromised and older, we've only been able to get about 60% of the people we were serving pre-COVID back into service. And the folks that we have been able to get back into service, we've seen really major declines in their skills and abilities because they haven't been getting the support they need.
8: Christopher White, thank you. Thank you. He is CEO of Road to Responsibility in Massachusetts. And we called the Massachusetts Executive Office of Health and Human Services to allow them to respond. We have not heard back.
9: Well, a teacher with Twin Rivers Unified School District is claiming racial discrimination in the workplace. As ABC 10's Candace Red reports, the teacher says he's being fired for an incident during a basketball tryout with a student when he was
10: trying to teach that student a life lesson. I was too black. I'm being fired for being too black.
11: Jordan McGowan is a history teacher and basketball coach at Rio Terrell Junior High School in Sacramento. He claims Twin Rivers Unified School District is unfairly terminating him for playing basketball with a black student instead of giving detention.
10: Street basketball is a huge part of black culture, a huge part of how we come together. and have teachable moments.
11: The incident happened during basketball tryouts on December 1st. While playing one-on-one, McGowan says he softly hit the student in the head
10: with the ball as part of a street ball trick called off the heezy. It was also the goal for the student to learn, right? Like, okay, I bring my hands up. And like, if he tries that again, I'm gonna get a steal and I'm gonna get a layup. And, you know, unfortunately that didn't happen. And again, I think I missed the, I, I think I missed the mark, right? On like understanding like this student isn't getting that, this isn't how he's taking that. Um, And so I do take ownership of that.
11: Two days later, McGowan says he was placed on paid administrative leave. The Twin Rivers Unified School Board plans on holding a meeting on Tuesday to discuss McGowan's fate in education.
7: I think people are tired of
11: of these types of teachers and administrators being let go for no good reason. Ramona Landeros is one of more than 500 people who signed a petition in support of McGowan.
7: I think it's critical that if we're going to interrupt the school-to-prison pipeline, that we need to have teachers like that.
10: I do want the student and his family to know that I am sorry for that. I think that this should be a community conversation, right? The district is trying to do this behind closed doors. We have over 475 signatures of community members who don't agree.
9: We should tell you school board meeting is happening tonight. ABC 10 will be following that and have more at 11. But for now, the school district sent us this statement saying as a policy, Twin Rivers Unified does not comment on confidential personnel matters please be assured that all employment matters are handled with integrity and in accordance with our laws and policy.
12: Now, I bet you niggas do think y'all white. College don't mean shit. Y'all niggas, and you gonna be niggas forever,
13: just like us
3: niggas.
12: He's shocked, and he's traumatized.
13: Rachel Schuberman facing charges. This video showing her slapping a 17-year-old Little Caesars employee in Enid after ordering two pizzas and crazy bread.
12: They didn't have any of the crazy bread. She just kind of went foul about the whole issue.
13: Attorney Ronald Skip Kelly says the 71-year-old drove up to the window and started calling his client racial slurs.
12: She proceeds to to call him the N-word. She don't just call him the N-word, she prefaces with you effing N person.
13: Then documents show Schuerman asked the teen quote, did that hurt you? When the 17 year old said no, she got out of the car and slapped him across the face.
12: You know, if that didn't hurt you, then I'll slap you and see if that hurts you. This young man did the best that he could do to control himself.
13: Two weeks later, the 71 year old charged with a malicious harassment based upon race charge. That charge carries more weight than a standard assault.
12: What was more painful to him was the fact that it took so long for anything to be addressed in reference to this.
13: The Garfield County District Attorney not wanting to go on camera, telling News 4 Enid Police couldn't arrest Schuerman because officers didn't witness the misdemeanor with their own eyes.
12: They had the video. The police department had it. Little Caesars had it.
13: Police having to pass the case off to the DA so prosecutors could do their own interviews before getting an approved arrest warrant through the courts.
12: How many people do you have to talk about when you see the person that's the victim and you see the person that is now the defendant doing everything that the victim said happened to him?
13: Documents show when the manager asked Schuerman what happened, she said, quote, I harassed him like I always do telling police she was just joking around with the kid.
12: These type of cases would not have taken that long if the parties would have been reversed.
14: Well, explain to me why you want a a white dentist all of a sudden. Because I want the best available dentist for my tooth. That's why. Now, just by coincidence, the best dentist schools are of the white people, by the white people, and for the white people. (laughs) Now, don't it seem likely that the best dentist would be white,
3: white dentist, please. We did it, baby. We did it the hard way, got it out the mud. For the city of New Orleans, for Tulane, it's us against the world, baby.
15: This weekend, medical students at Tulane began the next chapter of their careers, residency at respected establishments across the country. We've been following one particular med student in this 2022 class, whose mission is to help others through his skills and inspire young black Americans to enter a field where they're underrepresented. Here's an update on Dr. Russell Lede. Match day means a lot to Dr. Russell Lede. For him, it represents years of hard work and resilience. I was digging in dumpsters, baby.
3: I was digging in dumpsters for dinner. Come on, man. Come on, man. Triple boy, Indiana, come on, man. The molecular
15: oncologist just finished medical school at Tulane. Before his Ph.D. from New York University, Lede served in the Navy, and later, he desired to change the face of medicine, hoping to see more faces that looked like his. While enrolled in Tulane, he started a nonprofit called the Fifteen White Coats, an idea sparked from a photo of his fellow black medical students at the Whitney Plantation in Edgard the movement has gained national acclaim, but this new movement is special for the doctor.
3: I'm proud of you black man. I'm proud of you black man.
15: Now, as Lade prepares for triple board residency at Indiana University, he's full of joy and speaks encouragement over himself for a job well done. He's hoping his accomplishments inspire and motivate others to dream big.
3: It's everything, man, for my city, for them young black boys, from my corner, It's everything.
15: Job well done, Dr. Lede. Well, Indiana University's triple board includes pediatrics, general psych, and child and adolescent psychiatry. He aims to have a focus on mental health accessibility for marginalized communities.
8: Like them or loathe them, team meetings are an unavoidable part of many jobs. A chance for the boss to brief the staff or for people to thrash out ideas. During the pandemic, these get-togethers moved largely online. But while that meant a big reduction in the amount of time lost through commuting, a new study suggests it may have also limited our capacity for creative thinking. Dr Melanie Brooks co-authored the new report.
6: We randomly assigned people to either ideate face-to-face in the same physical room or we put them into two identical rooms and had them generate ideas on zoom and we looked at focus by measuring their eye gaze so we actually recorded their faces from the task computer and extracted where they were looking at any point in time and um, we found that during idea generation people look at their partner almost twice as much when they're interacting on Zoom. And this explains why they're so much less creative. We find this is because people are more focused when they're on Zoom. So we um, are more likely to look at the screen. We're more compelled to look at the screen when we're interacting virtually. And that visually focuses us. And that visual focus turns to cognitive focus. And that hurts our creativity. So I recommend turning your video off so that you can liberate yourself from the screen. You don't feel compelled to look at your partner and you can wander visually the room and also cognitively wander as well. It's not that Zoom is just worse, right? And a lot of people think that because Zoom is just less familiar or less natural way to interact. What we find is it's really particularly bad for idea generation, but for idea selection, people perform either the same or even perhaps better When they're interacting on zoom than in person so it's not all bad news there are definitely tasks you can do remotely and maybe even preferably remotely
8: dr melanie brooks
2: context of white supremacy gusty renegade and for another broadcast hopefully to share constructive information on the system of white supremacy today's date friday april 29 2022 so i have been told this is our weekly broadcast neutralizing workplace racism dial in if you have thoughts observations questions counter racist suggestions you would like to share uh the number 720 716 7300 the code 564 nine four three pound press star six one if you would like to participate again this broadcast not for spectators uh, especially if you figured out any things that work well Uh, if you are a physician educator whatever your chosen field Uh, If you figured out some things so that you are not mistreated, you get your promotions, you get your raises, you get outstanding performance evaluations every time. No mistreatment to report at all. If you have figured out how to construct such a work environment for yourself, please share the number again, 720 seven one six seven three hundred decode five six four nine four three pound press star six one if you would like to participate the email until justice at gmail dot com until justice at gmail Dot .com Let's see I will share quickly the news reports then we'll get to the emails callers all that good stuff Let's see number 1 uh well one is make sure I get in my saying uh if you can't be early be on time super important fundamental of counter racism in my opinion uh just not being on time, but being early. I think uh, we've had some listeners who said, "Hey, if I'm supposed to start my regular schedule. I'm supposed to be at work at 8 a.m. I regularly get there at 7:40, so I have 20 minutes. I can sit in my vehicle, listen to Rick James or you know whatever, counter racist material, meditate, get my mind together, take some field notes or review." My notes from the previous work day or work week, whatever it is, make sure that I'm in correct frame of thinking. You can only do that if you are early. If you can't be early be on time and that's an easy one that they use that oh man you showed up you know you got here at 8.03 and then you had that day last week remember when it was snow on the road you got here at 8.05 that day and then we had that day I think it was last September you got here at 8.06 yep 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 no raise for you buddy like that sort of thing if you can't be early be on time now news clips. Let's see. We heard the first segment Dr. Lynn Hunt Hughes excuse me Dr. Lynn Hughes victim of white supremacy black female she said she went to the museum and asked like what was the black African American contribution to the Pullman Porters and she said a hush fell over the room as though she stole something what is a metaphor, like what? I stole, like I committed a crime. Gr- t- t- did did the niggers work on the train? Don't they have the the song about the steel driving man and helping to put the railroad cars down and all, or railroad tracks down? Rather, sorry. Like what in the world? I stole. So, just asking a question, and then didn't even have that much information. Like, oh God, this nigger woman gonna ask us about the niggers? No, the niggers didn't do anything. Next question dang okay she said she went to the library which sometimes you're allowed and sometimes you are not in the system of white supremacy in addition to the book bannings and all that go to the library she said that they had two books and they were kind of skimpy Now even that I mean hey I've seen system of white supremacy they'll have like anthologies and volumes on meerkats you know I'm plant based I don't have you know hatred for uh, any of the critters any other species or what have you they don't call me Nigra. but i mean man if if we can go to the bottom of the ocean go to the moon and in between and write in a voluminous manner and i mean cover every detail we only got a couple paragraphs and a few pictures for a philip randolph i mean hey minister malcolm x was a pullman porter The great, I was told, like Gus, to you disrespecting Negro heritage and culture, talking about you don't like Sanford and Son, before he got to Sanford and Son, Red Fox was a Pullman porter. Long tradition. I mean... Is so much that could be included uh, in that we talked about that on The Warmth of Other Suns. That book, I think, has been mentioned every day this week. Woo. Man, Gus's top 10, not cased. Anywho, um, bravo, I will say, even though I think it's it's great to get all that information and to share, I am not a proponent of Negro museums while the system of white supremacy is still in existence I have seen I mean countless times black people create some sort of museum and unless they have lots of white financial support generally which also comes with a lot of other things and white people but generally it ends up Mr. Fuller's concept of four wallism where it ends up being a lot more time and energy about making sure that we get all of the bills paid so that we can keep this facility here as opposed to we were getting this facility for what now? That's just what I've seen. Like as long as white supremacy exists, uh, white people can easily make it very, very difficult for these organizations to exist or can shut them down or derail them or whatever the case. uh, We can put these museums up, uh, I think, in a correct manner once the system has been solved Uh, while we're still trying to solve this problem. It's kind of like everything else. It's just, you know, race soldiers have shown that they can disrupt uh co-opt uh derail uh these projects pretty easily I could be in error. I guess that means you already know my thoughts on a cows museum. Har 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 har. Let's see. The segment on the little Caesars
12: attack.
2: Uh seventeen year old now just last week our mommy in VA called or wrote in rather she was talking about her uh, teenage son and you know what to do and white shoplifters are coming in and you know they're cursing at him and you know how to handle that sort of situation said hey you got to talk to your offspring before they start their career so that they can understand the environment that they're going into not just thinking oh I'm going to work earn a few dollars no system of white supremacy racism and hey <laughs> If you haven't been called a nigra by one of your classmates or any other situation by now, by the time you're 15, 16, 17. Hey, as soon as you get hired, put it on your calendar. Really, You can start looking at your watch at that point like it is bound to happen. Now, the situation at Little Caesars, they got the video for that one. You heard it. She called him a Negro or excuse me do it correctly so she 71 year old white woman she wants the crazy bread I remember I've had my share of Little Caesars crazy bread pizza all the rest you do not I mean she was tubby so I mean she looks like she's had a lot of crazy bread Uh, she goes to get the crazy bread they don't have it and she says uh, what you don't have any crazy bread you see how tubby I am I came out of the house Get my crazy bread and you don't have any? Effing nigger. Now, I'm of the opinion, once that happens, Mr. Fuller said this, I've said that once that happens, violence, you should, that is an act of violence. Bam. You should be in super codification at that point. Like, for me, the, the, she came through the drive-thru. Bam. Close the window at that point. It's nothing else to discuss. You can ask her to leave, get her you know, license plate or what have you, report it to the manager that she's being belligerent she's practicing racism she called me the, the cursed at me called me a nigger. write down exactly what she said and they have the camera there too so all this timestamp, stamp bam this happened at the exact time got a license plate full description but I would have my full code and if you work at the drive through or whatever it is I would want to know the policy if a or really any field where you work with customers if a patron becomes belligerent is cursing and all the rest of it what does the policy and procedure say you do is that person kicked out immediately cancel the order whatever and leave like what do they say you're supposed to do they say you go get a manager and they can do all that Boot the person out what are you supposed to do I close the window is it's. there's no further communication like my own code there would be no further communication she's outside I'm closing the window if she's inside I'm going to get a manager if not I'm asking her to leave immediately at that point you can you know trespass call enforcement officials all that get a description I'm getting distance as well because people have been totally the conduct has been so atrocious she could be armed you could totally be beaten I told you this is like extra tubby woman like she might have beat you down over some crazy bread so she's you effing nigra he doesn't do the distance uh, she gets out of the vehicle that's why I said like hey this is not I'm messing around oh it's just a female and she's a little bit older so whatever individuals classified as white are dangerous this is what they think of us you're a nigger. I know I can do anything I want to a nigra. Can't even arrest uh, the white woman who's just a few years older than this 71 year old. Carolyn Bryant Donham still can't arrest her, her family. Uh, Emmett Till's family was talking about that this week. Pops him upside the head and then it takes them two weeks to arrest. Now, do you all think if you went anywhere, even went to the dollar store. And you popped a white clerk upside the head and they got this on video. Does anyone here think it would take them two weeks before they made an arrest and I don't think that would just be a misdemeanor uh, with racial hatred or however they phrased it I don't think it would be that I think that would be like assault you pop somebody upside the head like come on major charges and let's run that was the same thing where they were kind of going slow what's the tacky metaphor they were dragging their feet when the black male they shot at him he was out delivering for FedEx and they shot his van and chased him out of the neighborhood that was another one where it wasn't a immediate arrest for shooting and chasing someone out of the neighborhood shooting at rather thankfully they didn't strike him uh, let's see the next one Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. the report on Dr. Russell Leday in Louisiana uh, he said he got it out the mud got his uh, doctorate finished med school is going to be starting his residency and all that uh, that we've been talking about it for months now they don't even allow very many black males uh, to be able to go through med school become black physicians Uh, the number has been stagnant for about the last 50 years Uh, in terms of black males who actually become doctors, while the number of black females has grown, even though it's way low for both because of the system of white supremacy, racism. Uh, In my view, I thought it was important, right? Always us trying to do our best. We will run into white supremacy, racism, particularly trying to be constructive and trying to even start programs to create more doctors. We need that like exponentially. All of that said, one It will be a day to celebrate when that's not even news. Like a black male, black female, a hundred black males becoming doctors, yeah, yawn. No big deal. Black male doctor, oh yeah, I saw that they saw black male doctors do that in kindergarten, you know, no big deal. That's universal man, universal woman. Like I finished med school when I was five, you know, moved on, we doing other things now. Number two, just because you're a black male and you finished med school, that is for sure nothing to celebrate in the system of white supremacy racism. I think Dr. Wellsing probably had a few things to say about that. And I was immediately reminded of Doctor folks, some folks should even know. Doctor Give you his full name, Gregory McGriff. He submitted his content to NPR's race car project almost a decade ago uh, 55 miles per hour means you black boy Uh, I added the boy part on but I mean that's what he said Uh, and he gave a really eloquent sensical explanation for why that is he has to go a little bit slower about everything all that black male privilege you know Let's see. I, because of that report, Doctor Russell Adey again. All congrats, Whoopi. He probably sounds like if he lived in Louisiana, might even have been impacted by Katrina. He, uh, Doctor McGriff says. Let's see. while Dr. McGriff says he is forced to do things most other doctors wouldn't necessarily do, he also notes that the disparity, while seeming unfair, has served up a bit of sweet irony. It has helped make me a better doctor. Uh, and he talks about spending more time with his patients so that he can talk slowly. And he has to sit down so that he doesn't appear to be a tall, hulking black rapist in a white lab coat uh he says but what i can't do i cannot walk into the room announce i'm your doctor and i'm going to put you in and do a superfluous exam mcgriff says My partner, meaning other colleagues, might be able to get away with that, but I cannot. And so with each and every encounter, I'm aware that I have to go a little bit slower, have to communicate a little bit more to make up for any perceptual problems. I even thought that was curious phrasing. Like, what does that mean, perceptual problems? Hmm. interesting and as well I said Dr. McGriff I contacted him about being a guest on the cows and he said he was almost fired after doing this interview with NPR so that made him reconsider doing a whole lot of chit chat publicly about racism that happens so frequently Uh, he said 55 miles per hour reminds me to be excellent all the time wear a tie and white coat each day rather than the scrubs my partners prefer there's a line between 55 miles per hour and step and fetch I am always glad to excel at the former without devolving into the latter now that is a striking metaphor as well from an Ivy League physician And he has to feel like, I hope I'm not having to do a step and fetch it routine to get through my day talking to these white patients in North Carolina. No celebration until we replace white supremacy with justice. Next, uh, the segment. Oh, and folks can make sure they share if you think the program is constructive. I'm on Facebook, facebook.com. The problem is white people, or at least I'm allowed to use Facebook today. Uh, you'll see I shared the episode. Uh, the white people are not allowing me to use Twitter. They suspended my account sometime last week. Uh, so if you feel like sharing, uh, you can that's one way you can invest. Share the program. Let folks know we are broadcasting live for neutralizing workplace racism Uh, and make sure I get in here as well uh, for folks who've emailed in about participating in neutralizing workplace racism. And I've had some people email and said they were confused about when it airs live. Neutralizing workplace racism. This broadcast has aired at the same time and on the same day for years. 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. If you hear this broadcast, even the archive, it's no longer April 29. It airs live, Neutralizing Workplace Racism, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Pacific, and has for years, even before the Rona got here, same time and date. So, you can lock in the phone dial if you want to participate seven two zero seven one six seven three hundred decode five six four nine four three pound press star six one you can either listen live as it's airing or you can participate you can listen online via tune in you can visit my blog racism hyphen but our program time is always 8 p.m. Eastern 5 p.m. Pacific except for that Saturday which is one hour later and our program times have been the same for years the report on Jordan McGowan black male educator Much like black doctors, race soldiers do not allow many black teachers either. And Mr. McGowan was about to be uh, fired. They said he did, I guess, some sort of basketball lesson with a student. And I guess I don't know if the student didn't uh, appreciate the lesson or what have you, or if they wanted him to do something else uh, with regards to discipline, as opposed to this one on one basketball session or what have you uh, that they had. Uh, They did have the meeting. Uh, about Mr. McGowan, and they even got the update. So I said, hey, we'll just play the update so we can hear what happened.
9: New at 11, a community using their collective power to get results tonight. Crowds packed the Twin Rivers Unified School District meeting to support a beloved teacher facing what they call an unfair termination.
3: Um, I believe that the punitive sentence for him to dismiss him is unjust and a disservice to this community.
9: Jordan McGowan is a history teacher and basketball coach at Rio Tierra Junior High School in Sacramento. He claims Twin Rivers Unified School District is unfairly terminating him for playing basketball with a black student instead of giving detention.
10: Street basketball is a huge part of black culture, a huge part of how we come together together. and have teachable moments.
9: The incident happened during basketball tryouts on December 1st. While playing one-on-one, McGowan tells our race and culture reporter, Candace Red, he softly hit the student in the head with the ball as part of a street ball trick called off the heasy. Two days later, McGowan says he was placed on paid administrative leave.
10: I was too black, I'm being fired for being too black.
9: Outraged, students and parents joined 500 others in signing a petition in support of McGowan.
16: The teacher that they loved the most and that was actually able to get through to them
7: is now trying to be taken away by the board who runs these schools.
9: But ABC 10 was the only television station there as a board trustee emerged to make a big announcement. For all the young folks that came and spoke, I wanna thank all of you for coming out and just to let you know that uh, um, he will not be expelled. Again, no other television station was there to actually document a trustee declaring this beloved teacher will not be expelled. But of course, here at ABC 10, we stand for you. We are committed to telling stories and understanding issues that impact our diverse communities. What's happening in your community that you would like the ABC 10 race and culture team to cover? Text us at 916-321-3310.
2: If you see any information in your area text them related to racism, white supremacy and you know see if you can get more counter racist content uh, take advantage text if you live in the area so he's not going to be terminated uh, street basketball is black culture in the 13 years that we've been on the cows I have been told Either directly on this broadcast, via social media, and/or now with this, black culture is hair styles like braids and cornrows, Sanford and Son, name calling, rap music, rest in peace to Bismarcky, and street basketball. What a load of crap. Uh, And what I mean, you can take all of that. Anybody who is offended if we have Sanford and Son aficionados, if you are really good at off the heasy and all the rest of that, well, good for you. None of that. In fact, some of that right there. (laughs) The name calling and all of that is why we have not solved this problem. I don't see anything constructive about any of that. White people love all of that dump more of that on them, all of that non-constructive activity, no logic, not using your brain computer. And it's not going to get you anywhere near solving the problem. Anywho to, and he said he was fired for being too black. Now that's one. I didn't want to see him lose his job or anything like that, but like for reals, like what exactly do you mean? you were fired for being too black I could get it if you just said oh this you know I would have done this sex time or this lesson didn't work or the off the heasy didn't go over so well <laughs> whenever too black if I'm not in the street ball am I not <sighs> my head hurts everything that they label as black culture can be thrown maybe should be thrown in the trash right now, individuals classified as white, and even that thinking that there is black culture, the people classified assigned to the black category like a Philip Randolph should be about logic. Why not that? Put that in this black culture. A Philip Randolph and us being about counter racism. Put that in his black culture, not Sanford and Son street badness can't even just be basketball it's got to be street bad sounds like some criminal like you stole something that's what she said <sighs> victims guaranteed qualified words are important too black too black get an email I'll do one email then we'll dial in if I hurt anybody's feelings tough you can find another program or just listen to uh, San son they got that on demand, right? Big dummy. That's what he <laughs> That's black culture. Woo! That's what they say during street ball. That's a whole lot of name calling. in uh, that too, trying to insult somebody and call them names and big dummy, heathen. Let's see. Email number one. Uh, greetings, Gus. I'm providing an update to my workplace, Grumpy Slave. Over a year ago, I resigned from my position from the company that was having the panel discussion on black mental health reason. After deciding not to participate in the panel discussion, oh, if memory is correct, I think this fella, they wanted him to explain white privilege To the rest of the staff, like, what kind of setup is that? You can let me know if my memory is wrong, but I think this is the the person, the victim, that is writing in about the panel uh, because we talked about that. Like, are you serious? Like, there's no way in the world. I'm like, come on, this clowning, racist clowning on a whole nother level. Anyway, uh, after deciding not to participate in the panel discussion, I started to think I was being targeted and mistreated by the department higher ups. I decided to create and implement an Exit strategy from the abusive company. Love it. I am now at a new workplace, making over thirty thousand dollars more than the previous position. Full stop. (laughs) Spectacular. Love to hear it. Like that is the best. Like uh, not you know. I socked them in the face and told them, "Don't you come in here and insult me. I'm a black." king in the tradition of Marcus Garvey and you know who I am? Telling you nothing about white privilege, you crack think that's, you know I put my plan together worked on it, two months later now I'm making 30k more than what I had to deal with with these racist losers brilliant, and not even brag about it, just keep my mouth shut put in your two weeks notice like a professional and Move on to hopefully a better plantation. A few more nickels and some counter-racist experience as we go. He continues. Uh, with more career growth and potential. Plus 30K. New plantation and still a victim of racism, white supremacy. Absolutely. I want to present this to the host, listener, and callers. Plan of action. Pay for a certification certification obtain the certification temp work to gain knowledge and experience 6 months create resume with false work history 10 year work history apply and interview for salary position and career of interest obtain new career i wanted to share this plan of action because I followed this plan and would like to know your thoughts on creating a false resume and presenting the information as facts in the hiring interview I think this topic I think this was a topic on the Cal's Workplace Racism broadcast a while back it was five years ago I would not dare to submit a false resume after working in the corporate workplace and observing so many unqualified white people in high positions within the company, I decided to take action. I plan to call in to provide further detail. I will keep the cows updated on my progress with the new career at the plantation. Peace, much obliged much obliged uh i We just talked about this like mm, it was within the last two months. It was very recent. We talked about this. I think uh, non Clemson grad dialed in at least was one of the folks who dialed in and said, no, never lied on an application. I said the same thing during that broadcast, because this is so widespread. In fact, we had a whole audio segment. Where we had people who called in uh, on the segment that I played. It was New York Public Radio. We had people who called in. I suspect they were probably white who said that they lied on their resume and exactly what he was talking about, Claimed they had all this experience that they didn't have and all the rest of it and ended up getting a new job where they were making like, I don't know, something ridiculous. Like I think he said like $30,000 boost in salary or something like that. It was quite a few people uh, who called in and, and admitted to lying about certain things. And I mean, Hey, this is one of those where, if you are able to pull off this ruse with the resume and what have you, this is not something that would have to be done for a long time because eventually you would have <laughs> the expertise and on job training, as they say in the field. So, I mean, you would just have to do this faking for a short period. But I mean, this is very, very widespread uh, in the system of white supremacy racism uh, in lots of ways. people claiming that uh, experience that they don't have and degrees that they don't have and you know, qualifications that they don't have jobs that they've never held uh, and uh, supervisory positions management type positions that they've never had lots of people do that uh lots of individuals classified as white do they even jeffrey epstein talked about that he started out at the dalton school and lied and they caught him uh that he had lied that he didn't have these ca- uh, class qualifications excuse me uh to be teaching at this expensive like private school he didn't get fired was able to talk his way out of it. So that's one I guess folks can uh, share if you have done that. We talked about that before, but bringing it back up again, if if folks have done that, if you have any tips, I do know Neely Fuller Jr., many other folks, their United Independent method of counter-racism, they say race soldiers, they are number one at deception we should be about truth and being truthful even in the workplace everyone does not agree all non-white people and there doesn't have to be consensus we have some other people who say hey I go in uh, to the work environment and I have a whole narrative that I have fabricated that way I don't have to talk about my personal business with people who are classified as white people who don't even have my best interest at heart I understand the logic both ways Uh, I would say for a black person uh, you would I think it would be logical to think that we're subject to so much more scrutiny Uh, you would really I think have to go through the things that are going to be critical like if it's uh, a previous job you're lying about experience uh, to have either someone who can speak with some knowledge about the company. Uh, If you have even a coworker, if you have someone who worked with you or, or some means of having a reference to kind of solidify that, Um, because it's just non-white people. It's been my experience. We are subject to uh, a lot more scrutiny about everything. Even, even the non-white people who have totally legit qualifications. I mean, they still, you have folks running around saying that president Obama is not a citizen. So, you know, uh, but yeah i'm I'm super intrigued there's so much of this in the workplace uh it's so widespread especially amongst uh individuals classified as white. Yes, let us know uh, if you you know have done so have done this a uh, lot about some components of your resume or what have you if it worked if it didn't work um if you have thoughts uh let us know seven two zero seven one six seven three hundred the code five six four nine four three pound press star six one if you would like to participate email is untiljustice at com. let us get to the phone lines let's see the phone line there was even some sort of disturbance I guess with the switchboard uh, at some point uh, during the compensatory call in last week so uh, I will try to be alert about that keep an eye and make sure that we're not missing people but we did miss a number of callers uh, for the past compensatory call in because yeah there was some issue with the switchboard so hopefully that won't be the case today Uh, let's see Uh, bay area mom should be with us i will keep an eye out for other hands you can always feel free to drop an email if you dial in have a hand up and you are not. Uh, your line has not been open, Feel free to drop an email untiljustice at gmail dot com. Bay Area mom should be with us. I'll look out for other hands.
0: Thank you for taking my call. Greetings to you and everyone participating. Uh, let's see credentials. So I've never lied. Uh, I probably should have, but I've never lied because I always figured. You check, and I just my first thought isn't to lie. Not like that, but it's just I just think just the truth is first. But I guess I have to work on that because I want to share too much truth. But I've never lied about my credentials. I always say what it is, and um, I'll try. I'll try it though, and. um... <laughs> See how long I last before they start digging into my history. <laughs> Checking to see if I really did all this stuff. Checking to see if the principal's ever heard of me. And then they we usually want transcripts as well. So you probably have to, it's a lot of um, paperwork. Uh, I've been told I should have. They said, next time say this, next time say that. So I've been told, but I haven't had to do anything to... Uh, remember to uh lie. So um that's that. Also the guy uh the basket the the coach uh and he's a teacher and a coach uh in Sacramento and how they uh how they did that when he um gave them instead of for his detention was one-on-one basketball. Um it's interesting because uh that's selective. I've seen someone terrorize, um, the whole class and they went out and had recess. So, uh, believe he was a white boy though. I guess it was different. So, um, I think too, they don't want this. They don't want, they don't want these guys to, uh, respect this man. They don't want him giving the black males an alternate route, uh, or a different way to, uh, Maybe either express their uh, aggression, you could do that on the court or focus maybe they weren't focused uh so that keeps them focused whatever that uh the head hit um it's too bad because sacramento they're very uh that whole state cap that whole area that's uh very racist I think there's some sundowns over there as well um it, it, I'm glad they kept them, but I'm sure it's going to be tight. He's going to have to find something else to do or go somewhere else. They're not going to make it easy. They're going to look for anything that they can to remove him, especially since it costs such a big deal because they said, hey, this is our business. We got it. So uh, that 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 was interesting. Um, maybe I'll pop in later. Um, so my workplace racism with the uh uh i have because I work at the school district or i work for the school district i am I'm, I'm not complaining I'm just speaking and um even on all the calls I'm just sharing uh what i what i endure or witness while i'm um at work and then dealing with so many white people especially white women at once It's um it's new for me. I may have one white supervisor but just having so many white women around watching and looking and it's it's uh different. Um because of the incident with the, <laughs> the student and the um was the guy? The guy that I was uh went um was talking, recorded uh, being awfully verbally disrespectful to the black male that got uh, suspended, maybe fired, arrested. The principal of the school, Spanish-speaking male principal that was allegedly wonderful, he got put on leave for uh, how it was handled. Um, So now they have a black Principle there and that principle. there's a fight that brewed and um he's a big guy uh the the one that's stepping in for this other guy because it's not about race yeah so he stepped in big black guy and he's going to break up this fight with these children and they laid him right on that ground break up he had a little concussion so he had to take a leave for a couple of days but you can't stay gone too long. You got to go back to work. So you have to go back to work. Um, It's making now since uh, uh, I speak of this teacher in my notes, the one that uh, the little girl slapped. Uh, (laughs) Apparently she didn't slap him. Yesterday the little boy, this little boy grabbed my hand. It's like, oh, do this, do this. So he grabbed (laughs) grabbed my hand and made it go into a ball, like a ball fist. And he said, now do this. And he made my arm go up, like maybe to punch towards your face, but not to hit me, but just he's doing a demonstration for me. And and then he said, the little girl, she hit the teacher like that. I said, oh, dear, this is priceless. So in class uh, yesterday, the little boy that was expressing how, he always shares with me how the little girl hates <laughs> the teacher like that. So uh, every now and then, and he will tell the teacher too, just for her entertainment. She terrifies the kids. Her voice level is a 10. Uh, special needs, it doesn't have to be a 10. You can do a, a four as a maximum, major maximum. That sounds like outside, two, three, one, two, three. She's 10 plus all day. Um, she creates these groups that don't work. I think the max, I'll say 13 kids max. Uh, she creates these, however it's set up and you can't rearrange her stuff. She only wants to hear herself talking. She really wants these children to sit down and read quietly. Doesn't work like that. Um, hasn't really worked like that. So then what the uh, black uh, lady does, she'll just take the kids and put them in a group and she reads to them. I initially started doing that, but that's not my – I'm just doing that to help, but I don't want to do that all the time. I think I'm just showing you what you guys should do, and then you take it from there, because I don't have time to do that when I come in. Um, and then what are you doing on the other day? So just knock it out. So uh, – she has a slew, so say, let's say she has nine of the children in her circle. The lady has maybe three or four in her little table that she's supposed to be teaching phonics to, some form of, it looks like some kind of phonics thing. Dollar short, day late, she should have already had this together. It's uh, five, we only have five more weeks of school, five more weeks. The person that needed the most help, she's just now putting him at the phonics table to where he's saying, huh, me? I could go. Yeah, come on. He should have been at that table in August, August no later than September. He can't recognize the alphabet. He's third grade, looks like he's sixth, seventh grade. Black child. Um, so many different um issues. And one of them is he doesn't recognize the alphabet and it's hard for him to write and um what I do is I dot to dot what he's supposed to write and then have them trace it. So I think the teacher got mad at me one day because when he turned in his journal, that's how his journal was very clear. You can understand every letter because he traced my dot to dots. And, um, yeah, she hates me. So with all that hate he has for me in her eyes? Uh, the little girl that socked her, I, I thought slapped her, but apparently what that ball is, it's a sock. So the little girl that socked her, <laughs> She went to go. She, she tends to stray off. She'll do extra stuff. But all you have to do is just, say, hey, no, 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 come back. Come back over here. Oh, no, that's not available. You don't have to. <gasps> What's that, girl?
7: You are here. You're supposed to be quiet reading.
0: The little girl does know how to read. She reads very well, writes very well, spells very well, fourth grade. Uh, it's how you get in to do it. I can do it. I just say, you know, go get this. Okay, I don't know. No, okay, okay, we'll do it. So I don't have problems with her. I have to redirect her a lot, but I don't have any problems with her. I'm there two days a week, so the other three days, there's problems. So, she, all she did, um, you all, was go to the get her to get the laptop because all the children work on laptops now. She went to get hers because she wanted to go on the internet because she's not gonna read silently, and she's been doing this for months. You know, there's no structure in it. So I just turned my back to go get there One of the behavior intervention plans. I just wanted to get it to look at because I want to implement the stuff, and doesn't get implemented when I'm not there. And um, which is crucial you have to you have to go by the behavior intervention plans if you're complaining about behavior that you want you know changed. Not me. I'm only there. I'm two days a week, less than three hours. I'm there. Period. Not enough time for me to do all the super duper work. So I got my back turned. I just hear the screaming. and she's yelling at her about this laptop. And then the lady had the nerve, so I would have been fine with the screaming, but she had the nerve to say, And there's
7: three adults
0: in here, including herself. And she, and so I just spun around. I said, Yes, yeah, three adults in here, right? Yes, yeah, three adults in here, right? Yes. Yeah. You're one of the three adults. All you had to do was say, no, It's not available right now. You didn't have to yell. Level ten yelling with three adults in here. Yes, yeah, still three adults in here with three adults in here. All you had to do was tell her, ask her, have a seat. That's all you had to do with three adults in this classroom, three adults. So that didn't go over well with her. She was very agitated. So for entertainment purposes, the little boy that gave me the demo about her socking him, he just keep kept saying,
7: Miss such and such gets angry very easy. She gets angry very easy. She. Very, very easy. But he's
0: at her circle talking. She probably wanted to sock him backwards, but she didn't. So he said, uh, she started yelling. She just yelling and screaming and yelling and yelling at the children. There's no reason to be yelling. He's yelling at her circle, to her table. So I guess she's yelling for me to come run over there. Miss Yang, who gives you a problem?
7: And she's going to say, Sergeant Judge, we're a with
0: do that. I just let her deal with it because you're already yelling at him. It's not what I'm not going to do. So um, now she's yelling and screaming. So he the little boy said,
7: Oh my God! Oh my God! This is Tucker, You're getting angry. you getting Oh my God. You're getting
0: angry. He's about to start crying. So now, so then, me, because I'm so theatrical, I just held uh, <laughs> my hands up like, No, dude the other ass of jazz I did that I was like oh well we don't want that to happen so to keep that from happening come over here and let's go over here and sit down at the dream circle so the girl she didn't want to sit nowhere but the teacher she was living so now she's feeling some kind of way because every time he does that he wrote that in his, uh, in his journal he wrote sometimes get angry
7: very easily so she don't
0: and um so she went and told on me. <laughs> she went and told on me. Uh As soon as recess happened, she went and told on me. And, uh, and then she come back to where I am. She doesn't like me speaking, communicating with the black lady. She doesn't like me communicating with anybody, but she totally doesn't like me communicating with the black lady. And when we do talk, now she tries to walk over so she can hear what we're talking about. And um I just thought that was interesting. Uh So she comes to me to tell me.
7: You know what? I'm sorry. I, I know. I just, I just get, I just, my, I just don't have the patience for all of that. And I just, I, I just, you know. And then I just, they told me what I should do is just ask you what you need. What, what do I, what do I need help with? And I need help with this kid and this one and all this
0: crap. She just named all stuff that I, I didn't even retain it. And I said, well, you know, I'm glad that you acknowledge that you're wrong. And then so she's trying to tell me something about the little girl and she's not supposed to have this and she needs to do this. I don't want to hear none of that stuff because that has nothing to do with me. Um, I said, look, instead of worrying about me and what I'm doing, you need to work on how your um, uh your patient. I said, you sit here and get to hollering and screaming. I said, as soon as you get to hollering and yelling, I spin right off. So I don't know what you think I'm going to do. I said, and then the way you carry on with these children, oh, I don't I don't always defensive, just like a child, always have to have a a, a counter response, always have, as soon as you, it sounds like they're being accused, She has to jump right in and defend herself. Oh, that's not why, that's not why. The only reason why, I haven't been like that, the only reason why I was like that is if I'm mad at the adults, so I'm, if I'm angry at the adults, that's the
7: only time I take it out on the kids.
0: Um, like I said, I'll do what I can to assist in the class when I'm here. Um, but if you're not going to be able to do nothing with your patients, I don't know what, what what's going to happen with you. I said, and your best bet is to work on your patience because it's actually scary. You're scary. And she just stared at me and she's like, Okay, I hear you loud and clear, loud and clear. But I looked online today and her job is posted, so I don't know I don't know if uh it's a little too late. They were really trying to, you know, work with this lady and they let her terrorize for months. And um I just think it's interesting how uh
5: the difference.
0: I, I expect it, right? It's just interesting because they say that's not what you see or that's not what's going on, what they're doing. It's total double standards. Totally expected. Business as usual, I get it, but just Say what it is. Just say this is what it is. So I'll meet my line and um, excuse the ramble. And thank you for um, taking my call.
2: Mm -hmm. Context of white supremacy. Much obliged. Our Bay Area caller. Uh, Lots of folks, cows, listeners, uh, people, you know, in my so-called personal life. Gus's volume in terms of voice is at a 10, you know hear you all the time raging angry negro try to be quiet Uh, once again playing around with sex this is what is waiting on your child lots of things to discuss uh, including how do we make sure we avoid all of the shrill, loud impatient, racist white female teachers K through post grad Um, Sacramento, the capital of California that they are uh, the Black Panthers so they went with the rifles and all Ronald Reagan, they changed the gun laws after that I think that was 66 I think I have to double check mid 60s we'll say Uh, and then even I think that's the same area with Harrison Barnes I have to go back to double check but I think that's where Harrison uh, excuse me Matt Barnes sorry Matt Barnes uh, where I think he in high school said it was a big to do he was in the high school team and the Klan came and marched Big. oh I think his sister he has a white parent and a non-white parent but I think it was his sister was uh, attacked and he went and defended his uh, sister. He's a big guy, so he went and defended his sister, as any normal human or any other species uh, would go and defend their sibling. And uh, it became this big, you know, tall Negroes beating up this white child. Oh my God! The clan marched in flipping Sacramento. I think it was a big deal. Like you can look in the papers and all that. Anywho, uh, the the oh, we played that on the compensatory call in. I think a week or two ago uh where the white male came in and threatened the class you know he would he shot children he was in the armed services and he said he shot children this young and all the rest of it uh i think she said that they ended up letting the non-white principal i think he was so called mexican or non-black non-white person uh she said that that principal was reprimanded for how they handled the situation which that is wow um And again, everybody says they're short staffed So I don't know what the vetting process was for getting this individual individual in the classroom and how long they've been there. Uh, But that's interesting that he was reprimanded. And then she said they brought in a black administrator, black male uh, after all of this. That's, you know, wow. Optics, they call it sometimes. Um, That is man like we heard. I think it was Irie. She said she was working. Uh, in the classroom and she ended up being injured uh, by a student like that is a rough job like do you step in to break up a fight and end up on the ground where you have to get medical like man and the violence we heard about that where so many people are just angry uh, in that environment I think young academic was talking about that so many folks being angry and wow I mean uh that there are many reasons why this system should be replaced immediately but just what you see happen to non-white children, children classified as black specifically like whew, that should be super motivation and again not being reckless with sexual activity like we, we've we seen this for generations it should be hey way before we get to that bedroom like whew, we cannot contribute to another generation of this that is not permissible we all of us have our own horror stories from our own school experience so this is what we're going to do to make sure that that doesn't happen if we can't do that well then maybe we should hold up on all this you know producing these throwaway children to go through this now I mean I've never heard anything more disgraceful you have the students in the special needs class identifying you as someone who gets very angry <laughs> like what in the world <laughs> like how do you i mean if you talk about somebody should be fired it shouldn't be her who hired her how do you get a job working with special needs clients and you have no patience volume is at a 10 patience is at a 1 maybe a 0 how does that work how did you get hired for this job to sit around and yell and terrorize black students non-white students all day long and then that's what I said why fire her now or take her out of the classroom she probably didn't even get fired they just you know move her to another classroom but why now it's May basically April twenty nine. It's May, basically. By the time y'all get back for the new week, it's May. The school year is done. What kind of nonsense is that? Even if she was the best teacher, I mean, re- I, unless there's like criminal activity going on, like she's Mary Kay Letourneau, Seattle. Unless there's some like child rape or what have you, or she's you know peddling narcotics out of the classroom. Why now? <laughs> I mean. <laughs> She got, what is that, September to April? You got all those months to yell and shout and be unorganized. You got basically the entire academic. I mean, if you put that on the resume, that is no fudging using the metaphor. Uh, Hey, I taught the whole academic year. I basically got a vacation the last month. Come on. Come on. We get a substitute for the last for May whatever few days of June before we go on summer vacation come on that is a total absolute disgrace like that's why I say who is the person that was doing her evaluations all the way up to this point who was saying oh yeah she's great just what we need in the school district absolutely the, the people the students who need the most help she is meeting their needs Again, let's not pretend we haven't heard this for like the last hmm, hundred years. Maybe not that long. Maybe let's go Brown v. Board of Education. So let's not pretend we haven't heard this for the last 60 years, right? I'll take 60. Let us see. Did I get anything else there? the phonics they can't read now hey they've been saying that reading rates are falling like widespread even you having a lot of white students who do not read uh very well and then the pandemic on top of that with all the zoom classes and school is shut down and no it's not shut down and yes it is and you got to have a mask on that oof, whole lots of even lots of white children are not reading very well anymore not that we were you know Sparkling example of reading comprehension anyway, this part of the world u s school system, but man, I mean, it is disgraceful with so many black students, particularly black males, where they can't read at all. I mean maybe a comic book or something like that, but I mean if you they say uh, the New York Times they say that's standard, if you drop the New York Times on them And, you know, gave them a test on what did they read? And can you decipher it back to me?
8: Hmm.
2: Drop the Chicago defender on them. Tell them, you know, can you read this and and decipher? Drop that book that uh, Dr. Hunter was talking about. Hughes, sorry, Lynn Hughes with the Pullman Porters. Drop that book that she got in the library that said a whole lot of nice pictures. Drop that on them. Are they going to be able to read this? even though that's not an excuse. Like I think if you had more that type of those type of books might be more interested in reading. Like, especially if I'm in Chicago, like woo, I'd be super interested if I was in uh, the California Bay area. Hey, black pan. I mean, we got so many things you could pull on there, black Panther party and the great migration and all kinds of things. Even world war two, when they had the uh, Port Chicago mutiny, like it's so many things that they could be, you know, talking about the reparations, like, Man, had some of those books around, I would be way more interested. And even reading and writing, more important than watching television. Hey, let's get that handwriting together. This might be someone who needs to write an autobiography to help end racism one day. Let's get that writing together. Going in here and helping them get his right. Look at this, got all this pretty penmanship now. Used to be chicken scratching, you couldn't even read it. This nigger woman and coming in. Here. Matter of fact, I'm going to think on you right now. Told you to come in here and try and get these children together. Now I see you. I see you over there talking to the black. And she said she sees them talking. I gotta keep an ear and an eye on my niggers. What are y'all talking about? What are you what? Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's any work environment. You just have to assume that, you know, they are listening in, especially if they see non white people talking and it might be constructive, you all are named what'd you say, heathen? You big dumb now that, you know, hey, more of it, right on, right. <laughs> she gets on my nerves. They'll they'll play it up when you come back. She gets on my nerves too. Yeah, I hate her. Oh, yeah. Mm. You all are being constructed, trying to share information. Oh, have you taken the C-Best yet? Oh, yeah, you should do that. You can get some extra money. What? Oh. She gets angry very easy. That is such a disgrace. <laughs> like, man, that's what we produce this child for? Sit in class. I can't read. They just pass me along. Yell at me every other day some white woman who may have that might be an example right there now did she tell the truth on her application either way that's what I produced this black child for throw away children that right there having children where we planned all of this out that works against racism white supremacy my child is never going to be in that environment uh, let's see much obliged bear your mom get our other emails or at least I'll read one and then we'll get other callers uh, the email again is until justice at com. let's see Next email. Uh, One of our investors, uh, she wrote in. uh, Greetings, Gus or hi, Gus. I'm writing to comment on the teen security guard dress code and the codified female. So some of these are topics uh, from last week. So the teen security guard, I talked about that already. He's working at the store and these white thieves uh, cursed at him and probably stole some sodas and maybe even you know whatever else uh, and they kind of let it slide so you know it's just two sodas don't worry about it uh, so she writes uh, I think uh, I gave suggestions last week about you know different things uh, she said I think your suggestions of asking about the policy on theft was helpful I also think reviewing all the policy and procedures especially the ones that apply to his position is a good idea this can be a way to help this young person learn about how to handle being in a workplace it gotta include what to do when not if when you are called a nigra. she continues if he is willing this can also be an introduction to mr fuller's code system i would suggest he read it with his attempted parents this may help him understand a lot more about racism. He can also listen to workplace racism to build up his code. I agreed with the female caller who suggested the library. Love that suggestion. He can start in a less stressful environment to build his workplace code as well. I love that one. I was thinking like um, for people because summer is coming up, right? People that work uh, or live in areas where they... <sighs> Gusty renegade at Richmond Beach today. I had been like last—I think last summer—I got to hang out at the beach for the first time being in Seattle, and so I announced it all the time, like, "Oh, I'm at Alki Beach!" and blah blah blah. Now it's like, "Oh, okay. I've lived here. I've done that." Like, ah, yes. But yes, we're at Richmond Beach. (sighs) Alki Beach is lame in comparison to Seattle beaches. Richmond Beach is one of my favorites in my happy place but if you're in a location like this get a lifeguard job like I was thinking now if you're in Chicago then that means you definitely got to talk about sexual molestation and all that because I mean you got to talk about that anyway so that's not a deterrent Whew. way less stressful now granted you might have to save someone's life if they drown or what have you but I mean hey you're trained for all that that's done every day what an accomplishment I got to save a 10 year old's life or whatever that is way better than having to shake down shoplifters and all the rest library, lifeguard something cool like that for the summertime where you can enjoy, have fun and then as she said, work on your workplace code she continues, now this is the dress code so we had a female victim of racism who uh, has been calling in not once but repeatedly uh, where she was talking about unwanted uh, attention from white males in the workplace. We were talking about just different ways of trying to minimize unwanted sexual attention in your work environment. She writes, I would suggest wearing the same type of clothing, making sure to have a blazer or larger sweater uh, that reaches to your mid thigh. Wear an undershirt and no Tight shirts, colors of clothing can be gray, blue, black, white, and tan colors. Nothing bright. Whew, I underline, highlight that nothing bright. You might look amazing in peach. I'm sure many people do. Yellow. That my I mean, woo! Your colors, your cheeks are popping you are not popping in the workplace. None of us. (laughs) This is not the time to read. I know it's springtime and you might hit them with the wardrobe. I get it. That is not that is not that is not for the workplace. You do not that want that sort of attention male or female. She continues. uh, I would also suggest to wear flats. And your hair in one style. Avoid having any color in your hair. Wow. Now that is uh, for folk. If we have female listeners. Would that be an issue? I know some uh, black females, non-white females in my life. Like, man, that would be they would not be down with being that ho-hum and prudish With their hair to just what not saying you can't switch it up other times, but just for the work. They see your hair one way. If I'm there for five years, year and a half, what you see my hair one way. And no color in the hair like, wow. What do folks think female color. What do folks think about that one? Is that something you could abide or do? Do we have folks? Maybe I'm tripping. Do we have uh, female victims of racism? That's already your code. They'd never see my hair any other way. Bam. This is how it is every day or it's wrapped. So you never see my hair. You just see my wrap black wrap every day or, you know, she's a kind of neutral color wraps every day. Bam. They don't even see what my hair looks like. Ah, love it. Let's see. Uh, did I get all no I didn't I don't I don't suggest to wear any makeup unless it's natural looking plain as possible that is gusty that is exact I know it's a little bit different to being a female and you know being attractive and all that is a part of being feminine I love it but for the workplace especially, especially once there's any hint of uh oh Hey, come on and drink with us. And, mm, it's real. Now the dial is real high on prudish like man. Sweaters, as she said, blazers, nothing tight fitting. Hair is suited everything. Plain Jane. Absolutely. Every day plain Jane. Even in the summertime. Uh let's see codified female different topic uh, I agreed with Gus uh, that your code is solid this is why suspected racist is com- oh this is different okay so this is a female that she wrote in uh, last week about uh, sharing sharing information uh, with uh, the white woman she has a white supervisor and she's trying to you know get her for information and such even maybe using non-white people to do this too. different subject matter okay Uh, this is why the suspected racist is coming after you by using another non-white person continue with your documentation and email responses when the non-white female calls with a question I would suggest telling her to hold on and that you will look into it I like that one hang up and email your response to her and email your response to her question this will document how often she is confused and asking you questions. Now, I like that, too. Uh, this is also helpful if she is asking questions about the same thing. You can send her an email stating that this question was addressed on this day and forward your answer. Love it. Love anytime you can use email. Ah, oh, two thumbs up. That's phew, slam dunk in counter racism in the workplace. Uh, so this is her own personal situation she continues uh, this week workplace racism the non-white female nurse classified as Hispanic and black is out with COVID-19 it's like uh, Lupita Nyong'o she's out with COVID for the past two weeks Uh, the nurse practitioner white female got upset during a virtual meeting the staff was discussing ways to stay safe around clients who have committed violent acts The nurse practitioner was assisting a white male client with his care. She got upset on the call because the case manager, non-white female classified as Hispanic and the MD, anti-sexual white male, asked her why she did not alert them about his appointment. The white female nurse practitioner hung up and left the call. Oh, that is gangster. <laughs> they just asked the question. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> they said that in the clip. I played that this week. They said, hey, we need that creativity, man. You know, being inside <laughs> I'm done. I forget all that. Y'all questioning me about them. I'm done. Let's see what she said. She left the call. She said she also called out the next that's extra ganker and gangster. Uh, In my observation, she has never reacted this way about non-white clients. She has become upset about having to assist non-white clients. That is amazing. Wow. Wow. This week I attended a live seminar about (sighs) all Jesus Christ. Die. Diversity, equity, and inclusion. Dun, dun, dun. You know, some nonsense is coming. Racism. The speaker was a non-white female classified as black. The majority of the attendees were white females. I did not put myself on camera. Bravo. And I mostly listened to the discussion. That's championship counter-racism. A white female from an Eastern European country commented that there are not a lot of Eastern Europeans that are a part of the dietic profession. It made me think that's seen a black male in that. It made me think that this white woman did not feel included. I mentioned that I had never seen a black male in dietics. And that needs to be addressed, and it does because so many black males do have major weight problems. They've eaten fried chicken and been stressed. high fruit coast corn syrup, potato chips, french fries, gus tea. I tell you all about that, like my <laughs> crazy bread. <laughs> I never smacked anybody about it, but little Caesars, Jesus, Lord, yes, we need some black male dietitians and doctors. Uh, da, 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 I attend this because it was free and I require continuing education credits to maintain my dietetic registration. The discussion was not helpful in addressing racism, white supremacy. Really? She did talk about gender confusion often. (sighs) To be expected. I rated her as excellent only because I understand she's a confused victim like myself and gusty and that her employment may be affected by these ratings. And I'm sure it would be. Uh, she also promoted that we should pay attention to words. How about that? This is the only helpful suggestion during the seminar. Oh, that's terrible. That's terrible. Ugh. much obliged. Vegan RD. What I, I'm curious, uh, what what was her response to yeah, we should have some black male dietitians. That's important too, right? All that fried chicken, maybe they would hear it better if you know, some black males could tell them and show them what they eat and blah 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 and all the rest of it. What what was the response? Especially in a room full of white women.
3: <clears throat>
2: <clears throat> <laughs> Whew. Much obliged for sharing though. Uh diversity, equity and inclusion. Like I said, you know is gonna be some nonsense. Um the earlier portion though about where the white woman's I mean that that sort of conduct like that is so unprofessional like that when you see like she said she hung up on the middle of the call they're going over there like hey why don't you you know let us know about this person's point point? Ah! <laughs> she hangs up and calls out the next day like what kind of tacky conduct is that and I've said that consistently in terms of in the workplace being vindictive vengeful Spy for like what is all this like you're taking it personally somebody just hey i say ask questions all the time just to get clarification <laughs> like especially especially it sounds like we're talking about safety unless i misread i thought she said this all started we on the um virtual call or whatever hey what do we know for client safety you know if client might have some sort of history and all that and this is the call where you get an attitude take something personal, ah, and i'm not even gonna show up for work tomorrow ah. In a workplace safety, like that's how we handle safety here. That's how we handle being questioned. Professional, those are the type of things that I would really like document note, and I would bring those up as questions, especially if anyone had the audacity, they want to talk about professional conduct in a workplace like really. Do you remember that Zoom meeting where, you know, such and such hung up when we were asking questions? We were talking about client safety and everything. And she hung up on us and didn't even come into work the next day. That's the sort of thing I'd be like professional standards. Like we can all be upset about things and you know, have different opinions and all that. But I mean, wow. And, And professionalism. Now, if a black person did that. You might not even have to get to the you know, I hung up on the Zoom call and called out suspiciously. Called out the next day, like you would even have to get to the person. Like, just the first part. I just hung up in the middle of the Zoom meeting after they asked me a question I didn't like. I didn't like your tone. <laughs> in that question. Are you? Come on. Come on. Come on. Ah, uh, much obliged, Vegan RD. The email untiljustice at gmail dot com. The number seven two zero seven one six seven three hundred the code five six four nine four three pound press star six one if you would like to participate now, see, I told y'all the switchboard was acting a little weird. Everything has been weird. Uh, computer, everything has just been acting goofy. Uh, our caller in Ohio was one of the folks uh, who had tried to call in this past weekend, but, you know, the line was acting goofy. Uh, caller in Ohio should be with us as well. And again, if we have any females, is your counter-racist code about the hair You could do that or you already are doing that. I would love to hear feedback on that one because I think that is woo super constructive. But wow. I don't I could I feel like I I would know some females who, you know, hey, you gotta be joking. You think I'm gonna wear my hair to work the same way every day forever? Let's see, let's see folks who are with us color in Ohio should be with us uh, as well. I'll look out for other hands up.
14: How's it going Gus?
2: Right poorly, but Richmond beach is
14: amazing. Ah, that's nice. Richmond beach. What part of Virginia is that in? I've been to Virginia beach, but never Richmond beach. Come on, man.
2: I have been to Virginia beach. I don't think they have beaches in lame Richmond, Virginia. Richmond Beach is in the greatest plantation in the world. Seattle, technically, this is Shoreline, but I mean, you can walk from Seattle to Shoreline, so.
14: Okay. That sounds pretty nice. Hey, I just wanted to chime in and say uh, to, I believe that's Bay Area mom, uh, that was very constructive what she did with the young, I believe he's a black male who struggles with letters. Uh, I had read a report that stated pretty much for black males, if they're not up to uh like reading I guess you say standards by the fourth grade, pretty much it's uh it's a guarantee that they'll probably end up in prison. And uh I've noticed quite a bit, uh for me I read a lot. So I have to read a I read a lot. And when I say a lot I mean pretty much it's not a day that doesn't go by where I'm not reading something of a uh, complex nature. And I've noticed a lot in older black males the ones who appear to have been um, not given the greatest access to people who care to see them be able to read and write appropriately, they tend to reject uh, reading books in particular uh, and going to the library. So I, I applaud her on what she did, the system she created to help that young man out, because I think those are the things that stick with, uh, for particularly as a black male that stick with you when you're going through school. Cause I think back about my school experience, I went to a predominantly white school. I can't really think of any teacher that really cared enough about any of the black students. So the terrorism that you face in a white school is crazy. Uh, it not, let me not say crazy. It's it's greater the terrorism you face. So it makes it where you don't really care about educating yourself afterwards because you tie that terrorism to the education you receive instead of thinking of education as something that is supposed to help you evolve. So I applaud her for that. That's excellent. And also it's awesome to hear the perspective that women are bringing to the table in terms of how they conduct themselves in workplaces in terms of workplace racism. So hopefully we'll hear more of that because it does give males insight into, you know, the the situation that females find themselves in and dealing with racism it's a little bit different for us as black males. Uh, in which what we deal with when we're in a workplace or even in a business environment, even if that's from an entrepreneurial perspective, it's going to be different. So hopefully more females are writing with their experiences so that we can share knowledge and hopefully create greater understanding. That's all I wanted to say, and I'll mute my line.
2: Much obliged. Caller in Ohio. Uh, oh sorry we missed out on you this past weekend thank you for the email sir hopefully we'll uh switchboard will work correctly uh for tomorrow um we do have other females who wrote in so we'll get more uh perspectives and the reading component i mean that's such a big that's such a fundamental component and has been for years you know we've done uh programs uh about how they shut down schools for Lamey, Virginia, although not uh, Richmond, Prince Edward County. That's like like 45 minutes or so from Richmond VA um, where they closed the schools there for like five years. Uh, and you can see the impact, like generational impact that that had on black people uh, in that region, not just with the black, the students who missed out on that time then, but their offspring and even their grand grandchildren and great-grandchildren at this point Uh, But I mean, none of that is accidental. All of that is by design. And as he was saying, like they already have the the data, you know, if you have not. And particularly with reading comprehension and language like, oh, man, they've had that data for a long time. That's one of those like you do not want to mess around. And uh, like she was talking about, Bay Area Mom, you have students who are fifth grade sixth grade seventh grade and reading at a first grade level and that sort of nonsense like oh man they already know like it can be real difficult uh to catch up so to speak to get you kind of back on par with folks in your fellow age bracket like man like and again none of that is by accident she gets angry very very easy now what happens if you have a student who gets angry very easy would they have waited eight months until almost May to decide oh man you're hostile in the classroom we can't have you around here <laughs> you got through the whole school year basically before we had any disciplinary action hmm. much obliged our caller in Ohio uh, the number again 720 seven three hundred the code five six four nine four three pound press star six one if you would like to participate. Uh, let's see. Speaking of female input uh, continue with the emails. Let's see. So this is the female it, female listener investor who was referenced in the email that I just read right, Uh, we talked about uh, this is our female victim where the white supervisor was like hey we need to have you know meetings on a regular basis you can tell me about your family and friends and dreams and aspirations and all that nonsense and then getting another non-white person to spy on her and all the rest of it this is that uh, victim who's written in Uh, okay she said uh, greetings Gus and callers the female of the species is more deadlier than the male my racist for some reason she has racist all caps this time my racist manager continues to use the non-white black female who reports to me as her tool the non-white black female is also a dangerous and manipulative individual this is fact not name calling yeah those are adjectives uh, last week I outlined how I set agendas for meetings with my manager and the non-white female and sends and sent emails outlining the actions. It's performance appraisal time and I did the review with the non-white female. It's clear they got together in advance and the non-white female has been given the assignment to stop me putting things in writing wow as much as we talk about like documenting and in fact the email that I just read she was talking about this victim and she said you did such a great job keep it up excellent counter racist work which I agree with and she said the reason they're coming after you because your code is solid document she was one she said uh, email when uh, this victim when she keeps you know harassing you or yeah when she keeps harassing you like oh wait a minute I forgot how do you do this how do you do this and we already covered this Don't respond via phone. Get off the phone and email her your uh, your response. That way there is documentation of the fact that she's calling you with these same questions. You haven't invest all these times telling her things over and over again. And there's a record of your response. Right. She's saying that she thinks this non-white female is that's her assignment. Report back, document what she's doing and get her to stop writing things down that is amazing if anything i would write more now because i just i don't recall any point in my life where white people were that concerned about me documenting anything like that that someone has that as a job net, like <laughs> like i almost have to say man what 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 exactly led you to conclude this ma'am if you're listening like What did she do? How did you come to the conclusion that is her assignment? Stop you from writing things down because I mean, hey, we said we said that like 15 times already today. Lots of different people. Mr. Fuller, lots of folks. Document, document, document. Let's see if we get it in the email. She continues. Uh, So that's her assignment. Stop me from writing. She claimed that she is unsure and hesitant about how to engage with me claiming she doesn't know when to email me or call or contact me via Zoom I was not expecting this and pointed out how that day she had done all of the above and that this has always been the case I also encouraged her to use all three mediums as when necessary She stated that we had not discussed ways of working and that she would have expected we did so when we first started working together. At this point, I was clear this was coming via my manager, who has, by the way, not done the same with me in terms of going over uh, work flow or how we're supposed ways of working all of that. Uh, I said we can discuss ways of working, but she will need to understand that her manager and I will have expectations. She said she was fine with that, but it's clear she is not. She then told me how her previous manager, white woman, who is apparently very posh non-white females words now that even like what <laughs> what what does that have to do with our work environment like that I mean and particularly put that in context of our wardrobe discussion do you mean she's posh like her dress her decor in her residence her vehicle how does that relate to the job that we're trying to accomplish these are questions I'd be thinking. I don't know if I'd ask, but I mean that's. She <sighs> then see that's a part of the fakery. Those white people, a lot of times, they can put all kinds of nonsense and be totally incompetent. And ooh, look at that Louis Vuitton bag. Ooh, look at that. Look at that. Ooh, white man. Ooh, look at those Ferragamo shoes. Ooh, look at that. Look at that. Wait a minute. I think he. I think he misspelled the company name on his resume like wait a minute whoa whoa we got Mark Furman he doesn't even have a GED whoa, whoa whoa, whoa! actually Mark Furman did get a GED but he does not have a high school diploma and did not complete community college visited three posh let's see uh, the white woman who is very apparently very posh the non-white female's words The white woman told her how she liked working at the start of their relationship. White identification and how. I've also given her the opportunity to put forward agenda items, which she has never done, yet is now claiming she cannot talk to me about her work and that I do not give her feedback in writing or verbally. I pointed out examples of when I have done exactly those things most recently the day before. She then accused me of not asking about her well-being despite the fact it's the first agenda item on our weekly meetings and I've talked to her and made accommodations due to the fact that she has severe hay fever including ensuring she only has to come into the office one day a week until the pollen levels drop. She claims this is not her well being, my goodness gracious <laughs> if if you got hay fever and we have adjusted the office calendar to the pollen concentration, how is that not your well being now and this is another example, like sometimes I just process it as when things are it's it is beyond the things that are being said the accusations or whatever it is the conduct it's not just that this is contradicting evidence logic this is like drifting into the realm of I mean insanity unless you have as she said you and some race soldier sat down and you have an agenda concocted that is totally not connected to evidence, your experience. You have an agenda that, oh, this is, we're going to say she's this and this and this, and she doesn't care about my well being. Yeah, that's a good one. She doesn't care about my well being, and, 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 and this is what you're saying. Yeah, we'll go in and write it up this way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At minimum, we can get her on the defensive, which is great. That's what they do to victims, but that's why it's always great to have documentation so that you can just whip out oh man here's our zoom conversation we talked about your hay fever here and made some accommodations for that and feedback yesterday about what our expectations are like oh we got phone records here where you contacted me for clarification i emailed you back we got the date and time boom 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 documentation gotta have when you're in an environment where you have a lot of people who are deceptive and accusatory documentation everything she continues so accommodating her hay fever is not her well-being I had said that it felt a bit fake to just ask about her well-being as a tick box exercise but that the reason it's an agenda item is to ensure she knows she can bring concerns to me today she twisted this to me saying that I don't believe in talking about well-being. I was stunned and disputed it. She insisted that I did say it so I said that if she feels she wanted to if she feels she wants to record it as a part of our performance conversation conversation on the online system she should She then said she would never do that as she would never want to make trouble for me. She stated she is black. Oh, God. I mean, yeah, this is you can put this up there with uh, Sanford and son being crap. Uh, And I think it was some other things. Street basketball, long list, everything that they normally describe as black culture. When I hear anybody, when they get on that, oh, I'm black. You're right up there with that black brother nonsense. Oh, black brother. You you know, I would (laughs) like, oh, my God, man. I'm ready to run for the hills. Like, oh, man, (laughs) like I'm not going to name call. But that right. Oh, my God. United Independent. You don't have homies. You don't have friends. I don't care if the person is classified as black. I don't care if they were born, whatever part of the world you're in if this is a US context fine I don't care if this person if she has eight black grandparents all of them born and raised in Georgia and I mean uh, great great grandparents that were shown enough like raped and sold slaves I don't care if this is a different part of the world we were in Brazil eight black grandparents all born in Brazil or whatever part of the universe that we're talking about just because this person is classified as black, categorized as black, assigned. That's the word Essie May said yesterday. This person has been assigned to the black category. What does that mean about us? That doesn't mean we're homies, friends, partners, encounter racism, nothing. You're another victim of racism just like me. And you might have an assignment just like me. I'm black I wouldn't do that I would I mean that would be the challenge for me there would be my non-verbals to not do what I just did on air when they said now come on brother Gus now you know I'm black like because then I would have, I'm would. i sorry I didn't mean to do that I'm sorry i was totally <laughs> my bad my bad I'm sorry my fault let me woo, get it together but in my head united independent you can never under any 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 circumstances this is not my black sister this is not my black brother I mean unless like you all share genetic material Christmas or whatever like we got pictures you know I was at the hospital when you were born type of thing you are my brother like for reals for reals we'll be fighting at the wheel, type of a thing if it's not that (sighs) psh. Let me see where she says uh, she stated she is black and proud and has had many non-white managers and likes it. Oh, she, sent you. she wrote out, she wrote out, sigh and a very long yawn. See, that would have been my nonverbal's like, oh, God, Jesus, you're killing me. I asked, what more can be done to support her? Beautiful question. As I was told, she had a recent bereavement. I was told she discusses this with her former white manager and friends in the office. Oh, God. Oh. killing me killing me the underlying issue other than racist infiltration and anti-blackness is that i have recorded as required the performance discussion what she was not expecting is that i would detail the full conversation as their goal was to intimidate me she wants me to make changes i've told her i'll make a few but basically everything is being is going everything is going to be covered she also brought up the fact that I had typed the morning in the meeting chat, but did not call her to check on her well-being because she had a headache the day before. This, despite the fact that I had moved deadlines on work, she was due to submit to me and my manager which I pointed out to her as an example of me taking her well being into account she said she knew that and that my manager had called her in other words I don't compare to the white woman now I read that with my sinister voice but that is kind of sad like I mean that's it's sad but that's to be expected in the system Man uh, she then claimed her headache was because she was so upset.
15: <laughs> I want it, I want
2: it She said her headache was because she was so upset after our performance conversation, making out I'm bullying her, yet in the same sentence, acknowledging that I have always been supportive and approachable. dangerous, oh, so disgraceful. I had spoken with my manager in between these two meetings it was clear they had spoken before the performance appraisal meeting and my manager informed me she was meeting with the non-white female today this despite telling me those meetings would end weeks ago it's this dynamic which has given the non-white female license to trifle this is so not like funny because it's a workplace situation and even this other victim like that's not you know she's being victimized too they do this to so many of us like we're so easy to manipulate one we're under domination and then two like being confused about racism but like jeez I mean jeez it's very sad um I spoke with my manager in between these two meetings. It was clear they had spoken before the performance appraisal meeting and my manager informed me she was meeting with the non-white female today. This despite telling me those meetings would end weeks ago. It's this dynamic which has given the non-white female license to trifle. I relayed to my manager that the non-white female had informed me that her previous manager used to call her every two hours and that she did not mind it I expressed my concern that she had an expectation that would continue and that it was clear she was being heavily monitored but did not know it. this was relayed back to the non-white female who raised it with me today apparently she was joking and that it wasn't exactly every two hours the racist is causing strife and sitting back and enjoying the fallout there's lots more detail which i'll report next week what is sad and clear is that i'm going to have to be on guard and find ways to neutralize them both they are driving me to eat cheetos that is what racists do and i said the uh, dietitian that is a part of it right there lots of us being overweight and needing a dietitian all of the stress we endure because of white supremacy racism but I think she's been doing a great job she's been talking about this for some time at least what she shared with us I think she's been doing uh, phenomenal counter racist work uh, I think one just being mindful at all times this person is on assignment this is not you know she's coming in and she's got a personal vendetta against you or what have you she is doing what race soldiers assign her to do and if she doesn't do it probably can just find somebody else to come in and do the same thing I, the, the documentation I cannot stress enough like I, oh, under no circumstances with the documentation uh, discontinue under this it would just ramp up like we got to have even more now everything that's why I said the previous writer listener uh, person who emailed in saying hey when she does this calling in you know saying she doesn't she forgot what you know whatever the rules are what the assignment are expectations whatever it is and she needs uh, clarification you know give it to me one more time Uh, oh no we can't do this via phone I'll hang up I've got something right now hang up and then bam write all of that out now we have a record and also a record of man what's up with this like why do you have to be told things over and over and over, is that it? What's what's the problem? Why can we not get the information the first time around? But I, yeah, it would be all about documentation uh, and the white identification. That also is very rampant in the workplace. I would just be mindful about those sort of things, and that, if anything. That's kind of a victim letting you know where their allegiances are. So you shouldn't be surprised like, oh, yeah, she, you know, loves these posh white women and loves their outfits and decor and all the rest of it. And even like I said, sadly, (sighs) I can check in on you. I can switch the schedule around. Oh, you got a headache. Oh, OK, no problem. We'll switch. You know, I know you have that assignment that was due on Monday. Let's push it back. Take a you know, a couple extra days. Make sure you're feeling straight. You know, that, hey, stay at home. Everybody is saying come back to work. COVID is over. Get that mask off and come into work. Hey, pollen. A lot of people got, you know, hay fever and stuff. You come in one day a week and tell that pollen is down to take care of yourself. Ah. The white woman can make one phone call. It's, oh, my God gosh, Becky called me and oh, you old no count black person. You didn't call me. You didn't check in. You don't care about my well-being. Like, But, but that, that's the type of thing right there. Talking to your offspring. Like, I think that's one of those that might be difficult to kind of. Fully grasp if you're not like observing it witnessing maybe even experiencing it but oh man I would have been like a, I think probably all of us I was speaking for myself but I think all of us probably would have been way better way more constructive in how we function and even think in a workplace environment if we had been told like hey I don't care how many times they hey black brother black sister I'm with you you know we got to stick together man is keeping his he's got his it's not just George Floyd the man's got his knee on all of our next black brother we gotta stick together. I'm right there with. You. you know, I wouldn't do that, you, black sister. I wouldn't do nothing to write you up. I'm black. I'm proud. I'm black and proud. What did James say? <sighs> that's Sanford and Son. That's like you're telling me Sanford and Son jokes. You know, that's a, you're telling me. Hey, street ball is black. You know, I'm too black. I go home and play street ball every day, off the easy. Mm-hmm. What <laughs> she said. Long side and a yawn that I know that causes so many people get frustrated about that uh, other victims of racism and how they behave in the workplace and when they snitch on us when we get uh, encouraged told to do these things to mistreat other non-white people in the workplace the task is to counter that and I think that what she's written in and told us about I think that is brilliant just documenting Not getting upset with that person, remembering that that person has an assignment from white people, asking questions. Even she did a lot of that there when she was making some of these accusations and just having document a documentation to show that you have been doing the correct thing and then asking questions. But very, very sad. The uh, man, I just. There's so many things that could be talked about in there, but I mean, that previous manager. Wow, that was a posh white woman. (laughs) Like what? What? Man, if what I say, if it's gonna be any compliments in the workplace, it's gonna be wow. You did an amazing report. Wow, that spreadsheet was fantastic. I mean, it's gonna be something directly related to the task that we do I wouldn't care if we do custodial work like wow that shine is amazing I have never seen these floors glisten like that before that's gonna uh, what that was a posh white woman Mm. confusion is lethal and I was really thinking pitiful we are in a pitiful primitive state gusty included uh, much obliged. Uh, the email address is untiljustice at com. The number is 720-716-7300. The code 564-943-POUND. Four, four, Press star 61 if you would like to to participate oh now see switchboard acting goofy I think it might have done the same thing today so star six one if you have uh, commentary to share again now if we have uh, any females non-white females no uh, spectating we had a suggestion I thought it was super logical but I'm not a female for a workplace setting would you be what do you think about hey the hair never changes i wear my hair the exact same way if i'm on this job for 15 years seven years seven months my hair looks the same if we what do folks think about that would that be something they hmm i don't know i think about that yeah no way (laughs) i gotta switch that's too boring i'm not on that or, like I said, I might be misthinking. We have folks, they already have been doing that. Hair doesn't change. Got to codify it with that. Or it's wrapped. You know, same thing. So they don't even see what my hair looks like. What do, what do our, our female uh, attempted counter-racists think about that suggestion that we got about a part of our workplace attire. Uh, the number again, 720- 716-7300. The code 564- 943- pound- Press star six one if you would like to participate. See if other folks have thoughts.
7: Um
2: can I say something? Uh Bay Area Mom, yes ma'am.
0: Okay. So um with the hair, I um I'm of the hair error, so I've had lots of hairstyles. Every week get your hair done, kinda of lady over here. But what I noticed is in two thousand ninety nine, with the we we would uh, I remember I would get a lot of the uh, up uh, set, um, maybe a bun or something, and it goes up, not too high up, but uh, it, whatever was popping, and yeah, so in the pin curl. So, so I remember one day, uh, uh, my Caucasian supervisor put an action figure in my pin curl. So, um because they always because when we wear our hair because you know, we put so much into our hair, they totally noticed. So with my updo, um he was just, look at her hair, you can stick a action and it was action figure, um from another Caucasian male. Uh, he had action figures on his desk and he would do that. So I'll have to thump, you know, because You don't know, we don't let people yeah, so, you know, I had to get them away from my hair. But with that moment, I wear my hair uh, <laughs> a particular way and um, out of the way. And these days, I wear a hat or I wear a wrap. Now, white people don't like when your hair is wrapped. Black people say, well, you got that rag on your hair or whatever. But white people, definitely don't like that, but what can they? They can't really say, well, I haven't been approached it like that. But, yeah, I keep my hair the same way at the hotel. I will wash it before I go to work and put conditioner in it, and that's exactly how my hair would be in conditioner. Put conditioner on it, nothing's cute. I don't like to look cute at work, but sometimes I have places to go, so I have to look cute. And if you catch me on that day, it's an accident. I need to have my hair for whatever I got it done for, but never do I look cute. And I don't even dress cute. Isn't if I'm have on something cute it's because I have somewhere to go right after that and if I can switch up because usually I'll have my switch up clothes in the car. So I'll just switch up when I get where I'm going because I don't know, you're not gonna say nothing about no, you can call me whatever frumpy, whatever, yep. So that's it. <laughs> Thank you.
2: Much obliged, Bay Area mom. She said he put an action figure in the pin curls. That's what I've seen. Like that's why I say like it's just it's not. No, no aspect of the attention in the workplace is constructive, even from non-white people. A lot of times, uh, just from what I've seen. Like I'm not interested in the fashion show and you know to be critiqued like we're not walking the red carpet and doing our you know shots for instagram and all the rest of it like we're going to work i'm not on it the other way either they see that mm-hmm, i like that Why? because that's how this whole conversation started how do we minimize all that unwanted sexual attention in the workplace so all the way around like and and all that oh let me touch and do this oh look at that try to eliminate as much of this as possible even if you work as I said with non-white people righty as I said switchboard was acting a little goofy so let's see the folks that we missed totally who have a hand up uh, should be with us Uh, folks we missed totally if we have female callers who you know have commentary on the hair or if you have your own situation you want to share proceed
7: Hi guys, good um, um, evening. I actually uh, called last week, and I have a few updates, and I also want to add to the current topic. Um, but first, I wanted to ask you: um, when I called last week, um, I accidentally um, said the uh, a name of the um, white. The, uh, supremacist suspect who was terrorizing me at work. I didn't say the first and last name. Is there any way I can maybe email you the timestamp and maybe have you um, uh, blank that out or void that part of the audio?
2: Uh, please do. Uh, it's I guess it's been up for a week so it would uh, it's been up for a week. Um, but yeah. I could do, but it's been up for a week.
7: It's been, yeah. I just, I kind of started thinking like that. You know, you get carried away, and I was like, oh man, I don't want that to be online. But hopefully, they're not listening, and or watching. watching. Um, so, to first uh, answer the commentary, because I was the one who called about uh, getting the unwanted attention. For me, I don't really. Um, I pretty much kind of just wear my hair um, for the most part in a high, like a, a, a bun uh, for the most part. Um, when I do change my style, it's usually, uh, my, my hair is natural. I, you know, I don't, um, uh, relax it. Um, but when I change my style, it's usually just uh flat iron and, um, kind of like a, uh, what do you call it? Um, more like a, just a bob. So I, I don't, I try to, you know, I don't really have a fancy, you know, hairstyle to Um, you know, call attention. My go-to is usually just my um, bun, (laughs) my high bun, and that just kind of works for me. So I wanted to kind of share with you what I did at work, and then I wanted to give you a brief update. Um, I did actually turn in my resignation um, a few days ago, and I did it in a way where um, I filled out the form via HR, I didn't sit down and talk to the um, white supremacist uh, terrorist, you know, or any of his cohorts. So I just turned it in and just kind of went on with my day. Um, Soon after, a white female, I would say maybe a few hours later, I guess once it went through HR and trickled its way back down, a white female manager came in, closed my door, um, basically was asking me to to, you know, reconsider, um, you know, turning in the resignation. Um, then later that day I had a, the, there's the white male terrorist, um, who is in charge. And then there is the number two white male terrorist. Um, and the second one, he came in my office to say, oh, I, you know, heard the information that you were leaving and, you know, you really should um reconsider. Um, then they, you know, tried to kind of pry as to why I was, uh, you know, going to be leaving. And then he tried to instill some uh, fear tactics, you know, in regards to, you know, the inflation we're kind of seeing and, you know, food and, you know, rent and other things. And so um, then finally, the terrorist himself so this is the third um, terrorist, <laughs> but the final, the culprit, I would say, um, came into my office and, you know, discussed, you know, with me. And, of course, you know, I know I cannot, you know, tell the truth because, obviously, you know, he knew what he had been doing. He knew that he, you know, blocked my transfer. So I'm not going to, you know, repeat those things to him. Um, And I, you know, felt a little pressured and kind of gave them information that, you know, there was going to be some scheduling conflict that were going to be coming up. And, you know, this schedule wasn't uh, going to uh, be conducive um, for continued uh, employment due to some, you know, personal changes. Uh, And then they went in to feel, well, you know, we can work with you on your schedule. You come up with something and we'll figure out some way to um, work around it. So uh, that was kind of an unintended consequence. Um, I don't want to be overly long-winded. Just wanted to uh, give you an update. And, you know, ever since then, um, I've also had the executive uh, director um, call me in his office and say, you know, we have a tendency to, you know, get busy, and we don't show as much appreciation as we should, but you're doing, you know, a wonderful job, and we sincerely, you know, ask uh, or request that, you know, you consider staying. So that's at least four to five people. Um, so I, I just wanted to just provide an update, but I, you know, I did go through with that process and uh, did not expect um all of this and but that being said gus i will mute my line thank you for listening
2: yes ma'am got a twofer she gave a hair response and then an update on her situation um we've heard i played one of the reports that i played that i forgot to even discuss they talked about the staffing shortage and i played a number of reports about that and they said that and, and they were talking about in the medical profession staffing shortages and they were talking about how low the pay is that's one reason uh, and I said that's uh, that is a lot of non-white people in those low-paying jobs taking care of the silver tsunami old decrepit racists and I said man what happened to that and they, they even it was coded because they said immigrants Got immigrants that's cut off, you know. They're not letting people in. We take advantage and have them in, you know. Non white people coming in here and all that stuff, right? That's cut off, and then people are retiring. They don't want to do this. They got low wages. Ah, who's going to take care of these old white people? Those staffing shortages. I said, hey, phew, now is the time if you are at work if you want to ask for a raise if you want to ask for what they call hybrid work situation if you want more days where you can work at home or whatever you have a lot more leverage one of our investors the black african said that even though they were all sadistic about it and you know oh are you upset you're upset seems like you're upset because you didn't get the they did all of that but they do want to keep him because he does good work and hey we got staff shortages we're trying to keep the people that are competent and show up even the niggers if they're competent. And they show up. And so he did get his raise and all that afterwards. Uh just for thoughts. So since you had all these folks, powerful white people coming in and hey, you are valued. Man, think of what what can we do? It's a schedule we we can handle that. Let us know what we can do and we'll come Hey, call them on their bluff. You wanted a transfer. Can that transfer be made available? That would be at least one. I was also thinking salary increase. Like, if they made that transfer available, would you stay? That actually was a question, not needed. If you, you know, want to ponder on it, that's fine too. But I mean,
7: hey, if. I'm, oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm I'm sorry. I thought you were more, um, you know, I try not to be too, like, uh, verbose. I know sometimes I can get on here and, and ramble, so I try to be succinct and say, as you know, a uh, few words as possible. But, unfortunately, back transfer is not possible um, because um, I got an email, I want to say about on um, Monday. Remember I told you I um, – let my manager know of my interest and he pretty much just kind of sat on it and did not, you know, approve it right away and pretty much that they pro- they probably gained all of the applicants that they wanted the interview in short, you know, I didn't get called for an interview. So that position is no longer open and that position would also be a transfer to a different department. So I do I don't wouldn't have leverage in that sense because um, i wouldn't know, um it wouldn't really benefit them you know basic you know f- um for them to allow it and at this point that position is, is filled so that's kind of a um a, a move point and I think that's kind of what the manager did you know that was his intention was to um uh, procrastinate on approving it and you know by the time he did, I'm sure you know they had already um, looked for and has interviewed their candidates. So I know that's not a, a uh, possibility, but um, the scheduling thing, um, it is. And, uh, you know, I also, like you mentioned, you know, since we have a little bit more leverage, I did mention about, you know, a, a you know, salary, you know, increase due to the um, the, the – during the summer, it's about to get exponentially busier. Um, Don't know if that's going to happen, but, you know, they said, you know, that they, you know, would consider that. But, you know, I looked, kind of did a little research on those, um, on these types of situations with the counter offers. And a lot of people were saying it's just really not um, a good idea because now the employer knows that you're not um, loyal. So you're pretty much on your way out the door. So, I, you know, I don't know really how to, um, I guess, go about making, you know, that decision. But I thought it was interesting that everyone from the executive director to my boss to his underlings and managers, uh, you know, were, you know, inquiring about me, you know, staying within, in the position. So I guess I, I wasn't a, a sorry Negro <laughs> as much as they
2: try to proclaim, at least. Oh, that's the case with with most of us. I'm certainly not saying that every single person who is assigned to the black category, um, you know, is an exemplary worker and super competent and shows up early every day. Like, I'm not saying that, but I mean, generally speaking, you know, most black people, they are trying to do the correct thing, trying to show up. I'm trying to, you know, get a raise and what have you, learn what I can. I'm trying to do good work racism white supremacy is the problem it's not you know that i as you say you know i'm some uh step and fetch it incompetent negrist i don't know what i'm doing and nope 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 no. they're just practicing racism would have been a great candidate you know for this job opening just practicing racism the only thing i would say is in terms of the loyalty i mean you're a nigra. you you know your your loyalty is kind of you know you know, who cares? Who cares if it's if we got a loyal Negro or a disloyal Negro? Negroes is Negroes. Uh, at least that's the way that I think about it. um You know, if if it was, you know, whatever, they would just let you go. Like I've seen that <laughs> a black person, Gusty included, resigns and hey, good riddance. Can you leave today? <laughs> like, uh, peace out. Thank God. I don't know why we hired you in the first place. Not whoa. What can we do? Uh, I would, you know, have it like. Not that the way that they trick us, and verbal or whatever, like bam, this is your salary increase, and it begins bam, uh and the scheduling I, like that was another one I said scheduling either adjustment of hours, reduction of hours, uh hybrid where you can stay at home, that was oh, if you could stay at home three days a week, five days a week, <laughs> even, like any of that uh extra week of vacation, like I would think like if they can accommodate.
11: Hmm. I would well, just why not
7: take advantage? Yeah. Why not take advantage of it? And they even pulled this one, Gus. And I know you're going to get a really good laugh. Uh, you know, it even was uh, you know to, to uh, get me to go into the executive director's office. They said, uh, you know, and, and I know how we've had this discussion. They say, uh, you know, we've got some um, some breakfast tacos.
3: In here, you know. The, you know.
2: I love it. I, love I just it. had.
7: I had to throw that one in, Gus.
2: I love it. I, that's as bad as the lunchables. He said some breakfast taco. What is that? That's gonna kill you for sure. Like what? I don't even know what's in a breakfast taco, but that does not sound like it's gonna be filled with pomegranates and. Oranges and bananas and kale, (laughs) like a breakfast taco. (laughs) You don't even do tacos for breakfast. Come on now, that's straight like McDonald's. Like, because I'm sure, like, I've heard the breakfast for real. That's just gonna be like some processed cheese, and it's not even gonna be eggs, some sort of powdered product uh, that they'll egg powder. (laughs) Like, oh god, (laughs) yes, that I'm running right now. I was so (laughs) startled. Like, if I'm that poor. Where I gotta grovel into the office to nab a breakfast taco, Jesus Christ, this is like criminal criminal negligence with regards to my salary. I need like five hundred per cent increase in salary breakfast tacos Jesus christ met- would dietitian you said that what the hell it's two thousand twenty two and they're they're peddling uh breakfast tacos, and then what man got the gout and all these medical problems man we're just going to get another breakfast time (laughs) Lord Jesus Uh, (laughs) lost my train of thought the other folks who dialed in that we missed totally Uh, the number again 720 716 7300 the code 564 943 pound press star 61 if you would like to participate
11: Hello.
2: Our caller in Georgia. Yes, ma'am. Good to hear from you.
16: Hello, Tax season. Um, for, yeah, that's what I'm calling about. Um, thank you for taking my call. I hope everyone's having the best evening they can have. Um, I had two jobs. One, it didn't work out. Um, I did the best I could. I guess it wasn't what they wanted, so it was a contracted job. It was over. I don't have any feelings about that, but they told, I guess, the employment agency that it was because I had the TurboTax job when they said I can work the TurboTax job at the other job. So I'm like, well, they said I can do it. I asked them because you have to ask. And it was, they said, yes, you know, as long as you do the other work. So... He was confused. I didn't care because that day that they let me go when I was going there, I was like, Lord, I don't want to go back to this job. And I guess he answered my prayer because they were like, it's not going to work out. My feelings were not hurt. I left. Um, when it comes to the hair, um, at that place when I had to travel to work, I didn't dress up at all. I worked at a factory. My hair was curly. I just kind of wrapped it up a little bit and I mean, I had on a mask because we had to walk around with the mask and stuff. I had my safety glasses, earplugs, sweaters, jeans. You know, I wasn't, no makeup, no nothing. And somebody still hit on me. So, you know, you can look like whatever you want to look like. I am, you know, I'm not, I go IG model or whatever that is type of person. I'm not small, whatever. People want what they want. Um, but it is a good idea to stay, I think, to stay consistent with one hairstyle. You know, people used to laugh at Condoleezza Rice, but she had a, what people would say was an important job and did important work with her same hairstyle every day. That was, she was about doing her business and she was seen, by the most part, I believe is still seen, whether you like her or not, as a very bright and capable woman and, You know, hairstyle, be whatever. She wore her little flip and kept it moving. Um, the other job, the TurboTax job, it was fine. I had a, um, black male manager. He was by the book, no problems. Um, you know, with the, and he, you know, a little flexibility. So he wasn't like rigid, rigid, but, you know, flexible. Um, he had a very good team. Um, I was kind of a support to the team, so I wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't really contribute that much to the day to day numbers because of the role that I had. Like I said, I got a promotion. Um, But the team was successful, and because I was associated with that successful team, you know, I said, well, Um, we had, I had my evaluation meeting on yesterday. He was Like you were in, in this group, you made the target bonus. We want you to come back next year. That was it, that was all. I think we spent the other time just talking about the work dynamics um, and being part of the group and how that was. Um, I was, I would say, I was really well liked to my face. I don't think anybody said anything bad about me. I don't know. In the group, um, our group was. We had 25, maybe, seven black women, one black, well, black females, one black male, two females classified as Hispanic. I don't know, white Hispanic, black Hispanic, I don't know, Hispanic. Then the rest of the people were white. Um, they complained about the black guy. Um, they complained about the white guy, too. Um some well, some people. Um, I was doing my job, and if you're not messing up my money, I'm not messing up yours. So that's how I took that. I worked at night. I made people laugh. They asked me to come back. Pretty simple. It was again with a promotion. You get a little bit more political in some things. I had a little. I don't want to say scuffles, but. Well, I didn't find anybody, of course. I work virtually, so, of course, I'm not going to find anybody. But um, I wanted to take accountability for what I do right or wrong. So I thought I had made a couple of missteps, but I didn't. Um, one, another manager said something. My manager stood up for me, and then the manager above him, his manager stood up for me. Like, no, she followed the process. It just, like, the process is weird. That process was weird. So, They were like, no, you did the right thing. You did what we told you, but, you know, it was weird. That other manager was kind of complaining about what I did, but I did the right thing. And then on the last tax day, um, all of a sudden, one of the other managers, they were, okay, well, what happens is you will call it as a customer and talk to an expert. If the expert doesn't have the answer right away, of course, they would – have a lot of resources, they would have, you know, tax things, but they would also have people resources, and I would be one of the people they would ask. So they would type, you know, while they're talking to you, they would type the question, and I would do my best to help them. That That was my job. So on the last day, I don't know, this one manager, they said she was going to do some things, and, you know, I could, whatever. So she interrupted and started taking over, like, I didn't know what I was doing. So I didn't say anything that day. She came in. I was like, you got this. I'm not arguing nobody. I'm not about that life. I'm getting paid the same whether I answered or not. You, hey, I can take the money and do nothing. That's on you. So, but the next, not the next day, the next day I had work because that was on a Monday. as was off Tuesday. So Wednesday, I went to, her, we had meetings every day. So, you know, they were like, oh, that was weird because she did it to me. She did it to about three or four people by the time Wednesday comes. So I was like, well, we need to address this. And they're like, no, 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 she's going to do some things. And I said, you know, I'm going to say something. Now, I have said something in in the past. So I was like, I'm going to say something. So, you know, I talked to somebody. I said, I can't just, I'm not going to be like, oh, she, why you do this? You know, you have to kind of be clever and think about your words. So I was like, well, I'm gonna ask it like this: Why are we having these random? Are we having random audits? Is the policy now, because I didn't know what was going on. This was weird. I didn't know what this was about. So that's how I asked us in the meet because we had a meet with the managers every day. So I asked. Us, I was like, "Well, what are these? Is this new?" My poor manager, his face, because he didn't do anything. He was cool. He was like, "I don't know anything about this." I said, "Well, I don't know what was going on. I was doing it and..." this has seemed to be happening to quite a few people. What's up with this? So since I asked it that way, they were like, well, I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes I said, well, I don't know. Can somebody look into this and find this out? So I gave it to the manager. I don't know what happened, but then we didn't have that problem anymore. So that's how I did it. Everybody who was At my level, they appreciate the way that I did it. They were like, Oh, yeah, that was cool. You know, you didn't bring them. Yeah, I'm not trying to rustle no feathers, but we have to get these, you have to solve these problems. You don't might have stuff go on and on. It's crazy. And then one of the managers, like I said, my manager was black. And then there was another black one. I don't know what happened, but one day, he wasn't there anymore. They didn't say why. I don't know. I don't know. So I left that alone. Like I said, my performance was fine. He was like, you know, just, you know, sometimes it's based on surveys. So just, you know, work on your surveys a little bit. I was like, fine. And there's only so much I can do with that as long as I answer the job, the questions better for the experts. They'll give me better surveys, but they will get enough for me to come back. So I just need to keep working on that. And um, there's a book, it's called Four Disciplines of Execution. I never really heard of this book before, but I guess that's like the mantra of how the this division operates. So I did buy it. It was only $6. Um, so I'm sure a lot of business people read it. I guess it's been around a while. And I figure if it works for a billion-dollar company, I can find something in it to work for me. Four Disciplines of Execution. You can buy it on eBay or whatever for five or six dollars. I think I got my used through Walmart for five forty-five, like six dollars. So there's the book. Um, again, I do like the job. I'm not trying to really be a manager because it's a lot of hard work. And I've decided if I'm going to work that hard, I'll work my own company. So that's something I'm thinking about doing. But I can do that for now and that's
2: it thank you much obliged uh, for our caller in Georgia reading more important than watching television for disciplines of execution Hmm. Uh, our caller in Florida also with us Uh, did you have commentary sir you should be uh, with us
15: Is it? Let's see.
2: Hmm. Or I thought he was. Let's see. May I be
3: heard? Oh, okay, there we go. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you very much, sir. Greetings to Gus, the hosts, the listeners, and callers. Uh, I just wanted to share just a few things. Um, we had the the uh, the older clerk from 2016 that retired. Uh, he is the current clerk's father, and you know he was you know, because I guess he hadn't seen me in like six years and um, I guess was complimenting on my appearance, you know, saying that he was he was jealous or something like that. Um, and another one, the reason he came in today was because the warden, number one, and the, the second one is a, a white man who took her place. I will give them the code name, um, the second warden. She the first because she started the whole uh, game, a whole uh, clique clan. Um, so I'm not sure on how the white men and women who will be really starting out since she's fully retired after 37, 37 years, so uh, I'm going to be paying attention to how that functions because they they do seem to be really quiet uh, and somewhat getting into little feuds with each other. Uh, But I had just two or or three reports. There was uh, an incident where my mom, she made a report to me that it was two, these are really, I'm going to say that they're white women, um, classified as, as white, I'm going to say that. Where they approached her talking about or asking if she had some incense because they say that they get rid of demonic spirits and all of that. So she didn't take too kindly to that and said, no, I don't have that. Don't ever ask me that again. Um, and I guess there was some other comments, too. But, yeah, these two uh, white women, I guess, you know, like to use that incense or whatever and having at their desk or the desk that they've been assigned uh, for some reason like that. Uh, my next one is the black female. She graduated or she particularly graduated last year, but because of COVID, they didn't really have the, uh, what they call the ceremony cover and she just had it last week. So they were very tacky other Click members that are on my side of the building, on the side of the building that I've been assigned. That portion of Click members uh, showed up with uh, cake, balloons, um, cards, the, the the typical tackiness. And it was a lot of hugging, right? And I still, I'm the only one in, in the space that have my partition glass still up and I wear a mask. They're hugging each other, all right? And then they went out to get her some more things for lunchtime. So um, I just think that that's uh, trying to be manipulative and deceitful. And my uh, last one is there was – There was another another report in the traffic area where the black female that works in that area was speaking with a, I think this was a white woman, on the phone. And sometimes some customers will have, you know, their partner in the background or some relative or an acquaintance in the background. So she said this person became really um, unruly. And I'm going to say, practice and racism, because it was reported to me that uh, the white man in the background said, "This dumb nigga doesn't know what she's doing." So she uh, hung up the phone because the, the clerk said, "If you know, if you get a customer like this that's being rude, and hostile, racist, unprofessional." you can hang up the phone. So she pretty much hung up and that person then called that. Uh, so I, just, I wanted to uh, share that. And the the warden, I think she's going to leave her influence behind, but I think it's going to be some differences, some changes coming about because she still was committed to practicing racism. Would not blame me. Would not blame me. A male being My um, supervisor had to go and do it for So I suspect she's, I strongly suspect she's a racist too, because she could have said, hey, you know, why don't you want to bring him to the bin, you know? Nah, it's just still in the back. It's still in the back hallway. So um, I wanted to share that. And that's pretty much all I have to say. And uh, thanks for allowing me to speak.
2: Uh, they have uh, spade work. That is the term I remember when he was talking about that she didn't want to bring the uh, recycling bin. Like, are you serious? I'm going to bring this nigga. There is uh, no, no. I'm just not going to do it. I'm just not going to do it we've heard that uh, type of thing uh, before from other folks who dialed in to share Uh, I say bravo to your mother for her report Uh, he said the tacky uh, racist white women came I just I don't unless I knew this person folks who were at the retreat in VA or heard us talking about it uh, oh in Florida to Uh, Chef uh, Nadira was at both uh, functions she is a big incense fan I have graduated I shall say and do the uh, uh, essential oils Uh, much cleaner you don't have all that burning and residue and all the rest of it Um, but Chef Nadira is a big uh, incense person so like if I did not have my oil diffuser and I know she regularly has incense like oh can I get incense? but I mean if this is not something that I know you and I know you have this I'm not just going up to random colleagues in the oh do you have a few incense and particularly they get rid of demonic spirits do you have a few incense I can get up I'm like what With, <laughs> I'm not a convenience store like I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> like don't even talk to me like <laughs> business only this is not the gossip gang this is not the Seven Eleven. I don't have blunt raps or anything else just workplace workplace that's it I love it that's black self respect like just coming in nonsense and I mean now really how many white people did they go to the warden oh hey warden I know you're on the way out Uh, we got these demons that we you know trying to clear out of the office do you have a few, few incense we can get up off of like really, did that happen? They went on all the the white people's desks and pestered them for come on uh the and I'd already said now, so we got the seventeen year old at little Caesar's called a nigra. We had uh cows listeners dial in about wrote in excuse me about being called a nigra we called into about being called a nigra. He's on the phone. Now, you need... You're calling the court. You need it. We didn't call... Presumably. We didn't call you, you know. Checking in. What are you up to in North Florida? What's going down? Heard anything cool happening in Polk County? You called us. You can't even behave five minutes. Get what you need so we can move through the phone call. <laughs> Dumb nigger, I know what she's doing. That's why I said... Protocol anything, little Caesars, apparently, pfft, any job you can think of that needs to be like in the matter what to do if someone calls you a Negro And he said, The protocol hang up the phone that immediate that's and that's what I said that is immediate termination of all communication. It's nothing further to say at that point. You're on the phone, dial Tom. I put document boom, date, time if i have any identifying information bam write all of that information down i would even ask if they do call back what's the protocol do you pass them to you know another staff member can you hang up then too like hey <laughs> you have abused your phone privileges you cannot call the courthouse and be unprofessional practice white supremacy threaten the staff in that manner hang up the f- hey no you don't get to call back in five minutes, we get your, especially if y'all have caller ID. Like, ooh, we, I would ask that, like, for real. Hey, you can lose your phone privilege. This is a privilege, right? You call in the courthouse. You don't just to keep calling and cursing at us and calling us nigger and all the rest of it. Can you lose your, your privileges? Where they just, hey, we don't, we, we are not going to be able to serve you. You've been abusive. You've practiced racism. And we have a right to uh, not serve you over the phone if you're going to behave in this way. You got the panic button. I would ask like for reals, like, can you lose uh phone privileges if you're behaving in that manner? Do we have that as a right to, to refuse you? They have that at businesses, right? I might mean, be different with They got the panic. That's what I'm saying. I would do. We have a right to refuse you service over the phone if you can't be professional. nigger this and, you know, all the rest of it. Hey, no, I'm hanging up the phone now. And when you call back, nope. that would be one and that would go for any business like because you could be Taco Bell they are calling for their breakfast tacos right and they get an attitude like oh we ran out of you know the fake cheese we don't have that what dumb nigger click and then when they call back like nope 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 sir you've been unpre- right to refuse sir or I would at least want to ask he said the clerk said hey hang up the phone I would just double check like so if they call back we take the call do we you know hang up again <laughs> whatever same thing for Taco Bell What's the protocol? And if you have a child, teenager, they're going into that work even if they're in their 20s or 30s or whatever, but they're going to that work environment. Make sure you talk to them about all of that, because that can be another one. Even if you're on the phone, if you're upset or what have you, you know, been the wardens doing her whole retirement thing and all the rest of and that's got on your nerves. And so you're not patient and dumb nigger doesn't know what he's doing or doesn't know what she's doing and you get upset and you go back what did you call me and And then they come in and you say you are not being perfect oh that's not the protocol you know that's not what you're supposed to do and blah 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 and now we got to discipline you so composure and then as I said if they call back I double check that too but anywho that is our broadcast for the day Hopefully, worthy of your time and energy, will be here tomorrow same time: 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Pacific. Compensatory call-in. Much obliged for all the folks who dialed in. Uh, if you are hearing the archive, drop us an email. Especially female listeners can not be a spectator on this one. We should have folks who have never participated. You hear the archives, even if you're first time. This is your first time hearing neutralizing workplace racism. Let's not be spectators. So, females, hey, we heard that as a suggestion that Gus, psh, eight thumbs up, sounds spectacular, super logical, would solve some problems, maybe even save some time. Hair never changes. This is the one way, and it's simple, kind of prudish, that I'll wear my hair to work every day. And that's how it is for the next seven months, or the next seven years, or the next 17 years, or however long I'm here. Or I have the wrap, same thing, which just, you know, I have my wrap black or neutral colors, and so they don't even see my hair. It's just wrapped. I guess, too, I'm in the Seattle area. They do have a substantial uh, Muslim population, so it's uh, common to see females with a wrap on. That's not a, you know, strange thing. I don't think too many folks would wig out uh, about that here. Not, anyway. Uh, but yeah, you can email untiljustice at gmail.com and let us know if we have folks that are already doing that or if you know that just sounds bridge too far (laughs) like some sacrifices cannot be made let us know uh, what you think for our female victims of racism we'll share next week until justice at gmail.com with that sobriety would be best under conditions of white supremacy racism many reasons to keep your brain computer functioning at the highest levels Uh, when we're out and about someone is being hostile and loud hey this is not a time for confrontations with strangers you should be thinking this person is probably armed unless you are prepared to die and or kill immediately exit unless you have an entourage and all the rest no time for any of that very dangerous plantation all over the world if you're in a vehicle you're sober buckled up not on the cell phone uh, just trying to do the small things that we can to minimize contact with race soldiers and we need all of our attention very dangerous times even at Little Caesars Creator we ask that you help us remain patient with other black people victims of white supremacy we ask that you help us remain patient with ourselves remind us to demonstrate the highest levels of black self-respect at all times in all places each and every time we are in contact with another black person it has been time replace white supremacy with justice immediately cow signing up thanks all for tuning in
3: nigga you so brainwashed
1: i'm a victim brother
3: problem. A victim. Yeah. I'm a up. victim of 400 years of conditioning. Shut up. The man has programmed my conditioning. Mm-hmm. Even my conditioning has been conditioned. <laughs>